Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. Yet again, it's a Monday. We're here. We're live. The BBP on BearcatJournal.com. That means one thing. That means myself, Brent Young, joined by two highly esteemed friends, two highly esteemed gentlemen in the land of Bearcatness, in the land of Bearcat media coverage, and and you know, in the land of just sports coverage in general. That's that's time to bring in sidekicks, partners, Aaron Smith. And Chad Brendel, Aaron, Chad, gentlemen, how are we? Doing all right. Just excited. We got a guest tonight and uh, another one joining us on vacation. Not the first vacationer to join us. So true, true excited statement. to see some of these stories tonight. True statement. Chad, how are we? I'm great. Got my uh, got my car back from Danco. It's running like new. Oh, so oh. Uh, happy with that. Danco Joe took me took me and my pops out to. Uh, to lunch after I picked it up on Friday. So uh, we're riding high on the Danco train. Wow. I, well, shout out to Danco then. Took a nice selfie with you, I saw. Posted it yeah. there on the old Twitter sphere. Danco Joe, getting a little love in there. So, yeah, good. Head over to Danco Transmission. Mention BBP. Mention Aaron Smith. Mention Chad Breno. Mention, you know what? Brady Collins. Mention Brady Collins. That might be able to get it for you. <laughs> it's Monday. It's Monday. We have a guest. It's not Brady this week. No, it's not. It's someone someone maybe equal, special, equally up there in goatness. Chad, I'm Mr. Let you introduce. Chad, Chad, exactly. I'm going to let you introduce our special guest today. All right. We've got none other than Mr. Bearcat, the legend Ryan Royer, one of my favorite guys to talk to and, uh, and, and chat with throughout his UC career, a guy that, that brought himself from the bottom all the way to the top, Luke Fickle apologizing for not being able to quite get you the Heisman. So Mr. Bearcat <laughs> is right yeah. up there at the top of the list. A hearty BBP welcome to my guy, Ryan Royer. What's up, brother? Hey, thanks so much for having me on, guys. I'm looking forward to uh, chopping it up, talking some Bearcats, and uh, getting to know uh, Brent and Aaron a little better. Wow. Sure. I love it. Well, first off, tell everyone where you're at. I mean – I you look tan. You look. You look crisp. You look. Look good. Look good. He's golden. He's golden. It's the olive like a, in my skin. All that like Italian blood from my mother. So <laughs> I was in. I was in Destin, Florida, and then now I'm in Hilton Head Island. So living a nice little post grad life right now. Double vacation. Back to back. Was with the friends in Destin. Hopped on the plane. Flew to uh, Hilton Head, met the met the the family there. So I'm living well, nice Mr. right now. Being Mr. Bearcat has, has its privileges. Yeah, completely funded by the Mr. Bearcat Award. <laughs> Bearcat Air. We've been tracking. It, it went to Destin and then went up to there to Hilton Head. Interesting. So so you're the guy that's on it. Good job. Good job. Yeah, we need Coach Vic to bring his PJ out for me next time. So I don't to... <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, should should we start from the beginning? When you, uh, what, you were in high school back there at Hilliard Davidson, when you get it right? Uh, yep, Hilliard Davidson. Famous running back. I'm, I'm going to take it 253 yards and two touchdowns against Upper Arlington. You finished over 1,400 yards, almost 1,500, 20 touchdowns. Yeah, homework done by Brent Young. I know. Every He's single got the week. Old, the old stats up there. Every single week. But Ryan, tell us, as you're being a star running back, toting the rock, you moved from from defense to offense early in your high school career. What was it that kind of led you through the path 
all throughout high school and then ultimately picking the Bearcats over. I'm, I'm sure some other places were telling you to come in and, and tote the rock for them. That was back when I played every single snap. So that's that was back when I was in a lot better shape than I was in, uh, in Cincinnati. <laughs> I had a little bit more breaks on the sideline. But, um, yeah, high school I started off as a cornerback, which people always like kind of like shake their head at like, what? <laughs> Get it. We didn't play a single bit of man, straight drop back, cover four defense. So perfect for the non-athletic players at Davidson High School. Um, so then they switched me over to running back, uh, played running back junior, senior year, um, did very well. We had a very good program, a very good coaching staff, very good players, teammates. It was a lot of fun. And and, you know, I got some interest from uh, like smaller like FCS schools, a couple Ivy schools and then like D2s, um, like Patriot League, stuff like that. Um, but I wanted to be an engineer. And so none of those schools really had engineering programs. And so I was like, you know what, I'm not going to go spend like $50,000 a year to um, not even get a degree I want. So uh, my actually uh, I had some connections with Coach Fickle. Um, my, uh, my, what's, what was it? So his dad coached my uncle in wrestling back in high school. And then my grandma worked for Ohio state in the ticketing department. And so she interacted with coach fickle. Uh, so like uh, we kind of, he kind of knew the Royer name. And so then he, he also, my high school football coach also coached coach fickle back at DeSales. So a bit of a dinosaur there. Um, but <laughs> so I had all these little like kind of connections where like it gave me a good opportunity for like Coach Fickle and the staff to be like, all right, that'd be a, a good preferred walk on guy that we can trust would come in and uh, do do what's right. And so, you know, I, I, I knew Coach Fick. I, I knew what he stood for. Like he's a legend in Columbus. And so he was a guy I wanted to play for. And I was like, you know what? I want to be an engineer. Cincinnati has everything I want, has a great coach and it's starting fresh with which what's turned into probably the best program in the country, I think. And I was like, you know what, like, let's just do this. It's, it seemed clear cut right in front of me. Was there a, I have to know, was there like a, a war between you and Copay to see who played running back and who played defense? <laughs> uh, no, no. So Copay, I, I got there like, late in july and i remember i kind of like went up it was like all they brought all the freshmen in so like all the walk-ons were mostly got there in june and so i walked in and coach frame was like hey uh if you want to come to camp there's a spot open at linebacker i was like yes i'll play linebacker i don't care (laughs) I, i was like 208 pounds at that point i was like a i was a running back I had abs. I know that's hard to believe. Granted, seen me the past couple of years. I'm sure Chad could speak on that one. But and I was like, you know what? I might get killed for a year, two, three, but I want to go to camp and kind of put my name out there and show everyone what I can do. So take us through then your first camp with Coach Fickle, as we all saw the video of you know you guys working out in the snow at what it was like 6 a.m you wasn't here you weren't here for that yeah, right you i can't claim that oh. i wasn't there for attention i thought training. i thought you were there the first no, atten- uh, no first attention year. training attention training was like when fit got the job gotcha yeah. that Damn. like just missed like, it yeah that was like you know two or three weeks after fit got the job and everybody got back from from winter break and it was what jan like mid-january 
and he yeah that it, royer luckily missed that one just missed it <laughs> yeah just missed it but i got to find my first experience with uc football was the wonderful and glorious camp higher ground and you know that's not the best you know best way to experience like your first collegiate football experience is lugging out there and roughing it in the in the bunk beds and stuff but that first camp, it was crazy because it was kind of like I didn't really have it was kind of nice because I didn't have super high expectations for myself. I was like, I'm not going to know a lot of stuff. I'm just going to go out there and try to kill someone. And I remember it was like literally my first chance. They put me out on like scout pump block. And I was like, all right, like I'm going to kill. And these were like these are like Kamani Fitz, like Joel DeBlanco, uh, like Jalen Miner, if you don't remember those guys, oh, man. Those, that was a grown man. Yeah, so they're back there at Shield, and I, my little ass, is back there just trying to kill them. Probably didn't feel like much, <laughs> but there's a couple. Off of them. Yeah, just bouncing off of them. But I was doing what I could. Um, that camp was crazy though, because Coach Vic and the staff they were really trying to like put their stuff in and like put their culture in, which I think is the most important thing that they've done. Um, and so like our guys and I included weren't really used to that. It was like a culture shock, but you know, it, it was, it was kind of like a whirlwind getting to learn football and getting to learn a whole new position and stuff. So it was fun, but definitely so, kind of nerve wracking. So what are the accommodations at camp higher ground like for a walk on that joined the team like a week ago? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the same, honestly, they treated me the same, but like I, I didn't really have all like the ins and outs of how things work. So I was asking a bunch of questions to guys like Perry Young, who, if you know Perry Young from legend, from a de- yeah, legend, great guy, deep heart of the South, Birmingham, Alabama. He's talking to you like a thousand words per second. You don't even know what the hell he's saying. So you're just like, <laughs> you're just like, hey, what do I got to do here? You can't even get out two words. You're like, all right, man, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> but. It was good. I mean, it, I was treated like I've told every single person, any wa- wannabe walk on here is you're treated like exactly how everyone else is. So they took care of me. They made sure I knew what was going on and stuff. So it wasn't too much of a learning curve. Wrap up now, that whole first season, though, because obviously it was a. Oh, my God. A Hell. Compared to the other. Right. <laughs> compared to the other ones. But yeah. did you see the buy in, though? Was it kind of like a, a bright light through the struggles? Yeah, uh, you could see like the younger guys, um, there there was more buy-in with them. I mean, obviously the older guys bought in and stuff, but like they had like four years at Tuberville. And so that season, it was a struggle is like we had like we were being preached to a bunch. Like we kind of like heard the words, but we weren't really living by them. You know, we'll kinda, we might repeat them, but we're not really living by them, if you know what I mean. So like Coach Brady and Coach Vic had this great culture laid out for us, you know, but it's hard to get guys to just completely devote themselves to it. So it's kind of like learning and repeating what they said versus actually living by it. And you kind of didn't see a very tight locker room. Um, but, you know, it, it was – it's we should have won two games. I don't know how the hell we won four. It was, it was miserable because we were working our asses off, like, harder than anyone, but we just sucked just because, like, you know, we weren't – we weren't playing as a team. We weren't cohesive. We didn't have that brotherhood that you've all come to see the past uh, three years, I'd say. And so it was a struggle. But, I mean, it was it was still super fun getting to, like, meet the guys. And you could feel guys, like, caring and latching on to the culture. And that was special to be a part of knowing that you're, like, 
you're at the beginning, you're at the start, and you're doing something special, building something up from nothing. At what point did you and, and Brady Collins' relationship really start to evolve? Because I can't imagine it was in that first year, but I can't imagine it was also too much longer thereafter. Uh, I mean, yeah, like the first year, you know, kind of like the young guys, you kind of got to earn Coach Brady's respect, as you should. And I was kind of a guy for the a lot of the beginning of my career. Like I was just kind of like kept my head down, didn't say much, Um just kind of did my thing and worked my ass off. And I think he noticed that. And then like the more we got, I'd say probably going into my second year, uh, he knew I was like a guy that you know, he could count on to do things right, do the little things. And we kind of had like just that good, like, yes, sir. Like, I know you're going to get this done relationship. And then I'd say probably going through the season, my second year, I kind of started to open up a little more, kind of be like the jackass that I am. <laughs> and, and I think he, he saw that he saw potential in a guy he could chop it with and mess around with. And I don't know if there's an exact moment, but there's definitely a lot of things I can think back on of the things and words that have been exchanged between the two of us that would, probably get <laughs> we probably have to do a different show uh, <laughs> we'll have him on but, for that other show yeah, yeah. yeah. Back and forth. so yeah. that first year you're working your ass off the results aren't there you're starting your first year of, of college you know working towards an engineering degree how many times were you like what the hell did i do to myself like what have i done um, honestly, never. I knew. I never, oh, come on. No, never. No, once. Never, never, never thought about stopping playing. Never thought about changing my major. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I obviously I'm so thankful for it, but I never even considered stopping. I'm a psycho. So <laughs> I, I had the vision. Yeah, I had the vision laid out and I wasn't stopping it. Even after your first mat drills leading into that second. Oh, year. God, this is a good story. Mad drill, my first mat drill, I was like, this might be the first time I might not be able to like finish a workout. Cause like I said, I'm like 210 pounds. I'm going against like Josiah Vigara, Kevin Muhan, Joel Perry Young, and like mat drills back then, they kind of they're not as like crazy. I'd like they are so crazy, but like if you lost, the punishment was worse. So Obviously, I'm losing every single time and getting dragged off the mat. Coach Freeman's just MFing me, like calling me every name in the book. And uh, like I get up, I had to do five up downs. And then by the time I was done with those, I was back up getting dragged off the mat. So it was like 25 straight, 25 straight minutes of hell of me just getting embarrassed. And I'm like, I'm like, I remember like on one of my up downs, I'm like, can I even get up? Can I even fathom getting my my ass kicked another time, <laughs> but you know, it, you just get through it and you kind of just say, you know, I got to do this. Like I might not be winning, but I'm just going to go up there and fight like hell and see what happens. What, what was it like working with, with Freeman? Was, was it easy to tell right away? Like this guy is going to skyrocket to the top of the profession before I get out of college or like, what's that experience like with him as, as you got to work with him? I, you knew coach Freeman was like, like a star in the making. And he, he always told us like, he's here. Like he wants to coach us. He wants to be here and you believed him. And I think he told the truth. You know, he basically, yeah. I know he, 
there had to have been so many different opportunities for him. Um, and he would turn them down because I really think he loved his players. He loved us. We loved him. He made football so much fun. I mean, maybe there were, maybe we weren't getting as much done in meetings sometimes because we were all just like such good friends and so close. And he was always like right in the middle of it. And that's what I love so much about him. It's because, you know, like when you're playing, when you're done playing like I am now, like I'm not going to be sitting back thinking about like the defense and like how to make our defense better, which coverages we should have improved on. Um, I'm just thinking back of all the funny jokes, laughs, memories, and stories that we've shared. So Coach Freeman was always in the heart of that. And you know, you know when a guy um, is like invested in his players, invested in his players, like personalities and their lives and their happiness that like he'll always find a way to like keep growing. And like you can see now he's at like a blue chip Notre Dame program head coach. I didn't think it was going to happen this fast. I don't think he thought that either. There's no way and no way he thought he was going to be the head coach of Notre Dame this quickly in his career. But I think it's um it's a good testament to the the man and the coach he is. In four years, he went from dragging you off the mat at mat drills to the head coach <laughs> at Notre Dame. Yeah, he went with dealing with dealing with Ryan Royers. Yeah, Ryan Royers' crazy, stupid stories to now having to you know, be on national television and stuff like that, representing the fighting Irish. So good for him, though. Good for him. I'm happy for him. Did you give him a point after the game? Like, hey. Oh, I was trying to find him, but it looked like him and and Chad Bowden looked like they were going to cry. So (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) I love seeing, like, I love Chad. Chad's one of my favorite guys I met at UC, but. Just looking at the look on his face. Yeah, just you're like, yeah, that's that's what you get, buddy. Enjoy South Bend. <laughs> real, real quick, I did want to shout out uh, Tonk. Thank you for the donation here in the chat. Um, if you want to donate, you can do that on your YouTube. Just uh, It's down at the bottom underneath the comments. Um, but did want to thank Tonk for that. Of course. Roy, you're in the house. So I Kind of piggybacking off of Marcus Freeman, uh, quote, unquote, the boys was something that I also read about. Could you oh, the show? Kind of, oh, the, the show, yes. Quote, unquote, the show, show. I gotta get can, it right. Can Come you on. expand a little bit on the show? <laughs> and and, the show? and tell us about the show. Tell us All right. So the origin of the show is like it's like OTAs, which suck. It's like we're in the middle of winter lifting, like it's like it's like heavy lifting, like hard workouts. Brady's murdering us. And then we'd go from that onto the field and we'd do like no ball, like indies and seven on sevens and teams and then the coaches would leave and we take the ball out and like kind of go just play around stuff and so this was like 2018 so it's like like I said I'm kind of starting to mess around a little more and like enjoy and like kind of like open up and so I it's like I'm in with the threes and we're doing seven on and the I I, I turned to like Ty Sponseller and Kyle Bolden I was like you watch, I'm about to put on an effing show out there. So I go out and like the next play, I just like bat down a uh, like five yard out, pick to the flats and like everyone's just going crazy. I'm like, that's the effing show. Like I told you. <laughs> and so then literally all of spring ball, it was me, um, Ty, Sponseller, and Kyle Bolden. It was like all, <laughs> all like the white linebackers were in at once. And we just thought that was so funny. Like the third string, like, non-athletic white guys we were all in there at the same time and so and so we're like we're like we're the show and so we would like play our asses off and like 
kind of like just always do the little things and like coach Freeman would always like commend us for that. And we told him about the show and he loved it. And he's like, we got to expand the show. We got to get more guys in here. So it kind of turned into like a, a like unsung, like heroes thing of the program. Like guys are on scout team or guys who like don't get reps, but like just are, are kind of like psychopaths and try to kill someone on every play. Uh, the guys who are just always going hard and, you know, doing, doing like living by the program cultures and stuff like that. And we just got the show rolling and like all the coaches heard about it. They loved it. It just turned into a fun little thing for, you know, guys that like might not be like getting all like the, the limelight on a game day, but we kind of found a way to like enjoy ourselves, kind of make fun of ourselves and, you know, just enjoy football more. No, well, hand, hand in hand. Well, you had to explain the fan game, but Aaron, Go ahead, oh God! Go ahead and first. Did you have something? <laughs> well, I was gonna say, is that, is that when you started doing the the raise the roof? Yeah. So we, I don't, I don't know what made me do that, but like, like I would, there'd be t- there'd be days where I would just kind of like bust out and just make a bunch of plays, and like, <laughs> I for some reason I just picked that, and like all the coach, like Coach Mason, he he was like big into the, the raise the roof. He would do it like every, <laughs> every five seconds. And so that became, it was like this, like, this is the show. So anytime like a show guy made a play, like he would do this. Then like the whole defense would be like this, the coaches, like it was crazy. Like coach Freeman, like the D coordinator, like every, every uh, position coach, every player is doing it. And you're like, this is hilarious. So that's where that came from too. Can can we hear about the fan game? Because I mean, I read about it. Yeah. It sounds hilarious, and, and, and I think <laughs> are you just pulling off a Pete Thamel's article? I am exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. God, that was that was like the that was your glow up, the Pete Thamel article. Yeah, <laughs> Pete's big time now, Mister ESPN. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. he's like oh, yeah. he's like the 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 big time ESPN insider now. He's the Adam Schefter of college football. That's what makes my interview with him that much funnier because it was like before he got to that point and he's like laughing his ass off, right? And like writing this stuff down, repeating, like, you really did this? Like, you sure? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And then I see it on Yahoo Sports and I'm Put like, it in the story. That was like his last, like, I guess you could say small time article yeah. before he went big time on us. But the fan, all right. So the fan, it was like, it's like winter break, I'd say, uh, going into 2020. So it'd been like 2019 or tw- it might've been 20. And like, I'm at home, you know, we get like a couple days off. So I'm hanging out with one of my back home buddies and like my, bro- my little brother who is just even dumber than I am just to put that into perspective. <laughs> and, and like, we're like messing around. Like my friend recently sh- he was balding at 20. He had to go bald at 20. Tragedy. Tragedy. We lost a brother that quickly. We but, got one of those. So he's like, he's like, what do you think would happen if I put my bald head like into the ceiling fan? And we're like, it would probably make like a funny ass noise. Do it. And he's like, all right. And so he does it. It's kind of just this funny thing. And then my brother comes and visits one day in the summer when we get back from camp. So, you know, like we're enjoying a couple beverages with like some of the guys and like some some people who don't play football. And like he's like, let's get someone in the fan like that, like Kent. And so we just start putting people's heads up in the fan like as like a party trick. And like it just like 
it just like caught on so fast. Like his anyone who sees it, they're like, this is just so absurd. And you just, it sticks with you. And so like then COVID hits. And so the football guys are basically just hanging out with each other because like, you know, we didn't want to get COVID and ruin the season. So we're basically all just like boozing it up like on the weekends after practice, like spring ball, we're like all stuck in my house. Uh, and we have these like two ceiling fans and like, you know, the drinks flow and you're drinking a little more. You kind of think of some stupid things to do. Like, let's do the fan. And so we'd have like, I don't know, like 15 guys getting fanned and like the other like 35 guys are like, yeah, like, <laughs> like sitting around. And it was always – we. The, the fan only came out when one song came on. It was Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. So that was like, that was like, if you heard that, you're like, all right, get inside. Like the fan's going. So we were like, we had like a, a fan song. We had like a fan crew. It was just, it. yeah, it was just Was stupid. Dylan O'Quinn always at the front of the line? <laughs> Dylan has definitely lifted a lot <laughs> of us to do it. We got Joey Gray. You know Joey Graver? Remember him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big Joey. We got yeah. him up. It took. It was on like a Halloween or something. And like, I'm dressed up as a milkman. And like, people are, <laughs> people are in, people are in like these stupid costumes. Just imagine like six of us looking so stupid. And like, Big Joey Graver. We're just like slowly lifting him up into the ceiling fan. Do you have to and call Matt? It's like, Matt. Let's get down here. <laughs> yeah. I don't need some help. Yeah, we probably should have. Matt's is so – you see Matt's holding a beer in his hand. It literally looks like – I just a, you know Boban, the guy in the NBA? Yeah. 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 It's like that. Yeah. It looks like it looks like a little kid thing in his hand. It's like a little – like this. <laughs> yeah. It's like his hand's bigger than the can. Yeah. That's <laughs> so That's fantastic. So we'll steer back to football for a little bit. The stories are much better. The stories are much yeah. better. But we got a weed. We got a bob and weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. When did you realize, like, I think I can, I can get on the field. Like, it, it might be special teams. It might, whatever it is. But when did that light kind of start shining through that, you know what? I've, I've made enough of an impact that I, I think I can get on the field and help this team. Um, I'd say, like, started with workouts. I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm athletic enough. I'm strong enough as like a lot of the guys here where I can like compete and hold my own, go to camp. And like, I'm like, all right, I don't really know what's going on that much, but I'm learning quickly. I'm picking up on the defense quicker than some of the other guys. And like, I'm just playing really physical and like, maybe just give me an off season. I can like get my body better, gain some weight. And so then like, on scout team, I was just like, there'd be times where like I'd get got and like, I'd get killed. And there's times I would do the killing myself. And I'm like, okay, if I can do this to some of like, like these like ones and twos, if I can like, you know, you know, hold my own and like kind of lay the wood a little bit sometimes, like, I think I can like find a way to do that in drills. And so then going into my second year, I was like, I was like a very established guy, like work hard, like, play hard guy and with scout team and with workouts. And I was like, you know what? Like I can really make a push here um, this year to like get on the two deep for special teams. And that's exactly what happened. I ended up on a two deep for KO, wait, KOR and kickoff. And 
pump block. So I was a two on all those. And uh, there was like, I got, I actually got to start on kickoffers two lane my second year. And that was good. That was, but of course I was double teamed the whole time. So I didn't get any chances. Coach Mason was like, they knew, they they knew, they knew. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was Alec, Alec like twisted his ankle and I went in for him and coach Mason like, this is your chance. Like, this is your chance. Like, yes, let's go. Get freaking double teamed at the 40 yard line. (laughs) The two lane. They thought you were Pierce. They didn't know it. I know. I was that. I was a white guy. I, I was. I was. A, I was another white guy, but I was just probably six inches shorter. Like, <laughs> probably point point three to point four seconds slower on the forty. We'll say point three Give to make take. myself feel better. <laughs> Give or take. Yeah. One um, of the. Well, one of the bigger games you got in that that season was in the bowl game, and that was kind of a. Birmingham Bowl was a little crazy one with with the long weather delay and and kind of oh, everything yeah. like that. Give us the player perspective when you guys are all kind of just sitting in the locker room trying to figure <laughs> out what's going on. And then were you one of the guys that kind of riled everybody up to go back out on the field? Uh like I remember that game. It was just yeah, it was like really unique with the the thing. And like I remember like John Cunningham was like. Coach Vic, you sure you want to play? Like, you sure want to do this? And he's like, we're happy playing this. We're playing this mf And we're like, yeah, like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> like, of course we were. And but that was like 15 minutes into the delay. So we're all like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's time. Like, they're not going to be ready for us. And it's like 45 minutes go by. Like, all right, all right. We've been sitting here <laughs> like 45 minutes. And then Coach Vic, I remember he came back in. He was like, all right, it's at the go time now. Like, we're playing this MF. We got such and such minutes to warm up. Like, we're going right. to, like, you know, just insert any cuss word every two words, like Coach right. Vic. And we're, we're so we go out there, and, like, you could just tell immediately that Boston College, one, wasn't as good as us, and two, didn't want to be there and was not nearly as physical as we were. So it was – like, but then by the second quarter, you're, we're like, all right, we can, we're going to destroy these guys. And like, right. that's what we did. Thankfully, you know what happens when we destroy teams, I get to play. So I'm sitting hey, there hey. like, keep it up, boys. Let's go. <laughs> keep, keep killing them. I, I, give me a couple of reps. I got a whole off season of no football. So almost I time for I, the show, baby. I know. I think I went in for like three kickoffs, but they're all touchbacks. So God bless our kicker. But. It was still fun. It was it was good. It's always good to get in, even if you're running 60 yards for no contact. It's it's rewarding. Sure. Uh, so when did Brady start doing the uh, the squat fest with you guys? Oh, I want to say it was it was. Um, I think it was winter. It was either winter or spring of 2018. Um, he started Squat Fest, but as you know, Coach Brady, everything's got to be bigger and better. You know, every year, got to be bigger, got to be better. Oh, it's going to be so crazy, you know? And so, like, Squat Fest then, it was just kind of like a really intense workout where we maxed out. It wasn't like, the lights, the DJ, the, the the decorations, like 
the craziness. It was more of just like, all right, like we're maxing out squat and we're going to kill you today. And it was just super intense. And then, you know, coach Brady, he's like super good at like, you know, making things really fun and like innovating like new ways to make workouts fun and, but still like make sure we get the work in. And so each year it was like, all right, now we got a DJ. And then now we got like all these lights. Now we got like this crazy workout where we're doing stations and like get the rope. Yeah. The rope. Yeah. And all that. And so, yeah, it was, I think it was, it was either a winter or spring of 2018. We started squat fest. Don't lie. Everybody's favorite part of squat fest player wise is the beat the hell out of the uh, <laughs> yeah. or the bags that have the yeah. opponents taped yeah. to them. You guys are yeah. flying off the top rope. You're, yeah. you're doing leg, you're doing macho man, like a or yeah. Hulk Hogan <laughs> leg drops, macho yeah. man, elbow drops. Like that's everybody's favorite spot. Of course. And there's a quick story. I think it was either last year's or the year before, like, you know, everyone, you got to like, someone's got to do something like funnier or crazier than someone else. So it was like Joel to Blanco and like one other guy in the linebacker room, like, you know, in our weight room, we got like the upstairs where you can look down. Yeah. Like yeah. the Joel like takes the, the dummy all the way up there, like throws it off the, the, the ledge and like runs back down, like jumps on it. And like, our, it was like, uh, <laughs> Rody Jim Rody Rodenberg Rody he was so mad at Joel I don't know why he thought it might have been dangerous but he was like he's like you're a you're a sixth year and you're acting like an effing idiot like what are you doing <laughs> grow up it was so funny because like he's getting ripped and like we're all like laughing about it because we all told him to do it so all good fun. all good fun. yeah but you won the uh you won the Iron Bearcat Award, right, in 2018. Kind of just describe what that is and, and kind of your your feelings after you were given it. Oh, yeah. So the Iron Bearcat is, I'd say it's like the highest honor uh, to be given, like, on our team in terms of, like, uh, representing the culture on the field, in the weight room, in the classroom, and, you know, just kind of being like, you know, you've heard about the play hard mentality where it's like, all gas, no brakes. Like you don't relent, you don't stop, you don't brother-in-law, you don't like do any of that, th that stuff. And kind of just carrying yourself and holding yourself to like the highest standard of the program. And I remember we went to, we did like a little spring retreat to higher ground. God bless the coaches for that. You know, we were dying to get back there in the spring and that's where they did it. And I, I had to get back home. I don't remember what I had to do, but I was like, so Coach Freeman, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Like, I have to, like, get home. I have to do this thing that, like, I can't miss. And he's like, no, you have to go. Like, just come on. Like, you can make it work. I'm like, all right. So I kind of moved some things around to make sure I was there. And it was turned out because I they gave me the award. And I remember I was sitting there and Coach Brady was kind of, like, talking. And, like, you know, this, this doesn't have to be, like, an award, like, given to, like, a starter or – guys who play a lot of snaps like this could be guys on scout team and like i i remember i wasn't even really like it wasn't really clicking to me like oh that could be me and then he just says my name and i'm just like what like really like all right and i'm like <laughs> went up and got it and you know how i kind of talked about how that's where i kind of starting to realize like my impact and like how i can like help this team and contribute and it was like getting that that award and like it like had a lot of momentum 
uh, for me going through, like being able to get on special teams and gain the respect of the team and the coaches. It was like a very good like signal, like, all right, you've gotten this respect. You've your work is noticed. And like it was good to see that and just made me want to do more because that's the kind of person I am. Take us back to uh, first off, were you on the travel squad for the Rose Bowl? Yep. That was my first okay. first time traveling. Take us through that entire experience as a team and what that meant at the end of that game, the 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 final horn sounds and you guys beat UCLA at the Rose Bowl after a season where you talked about you, you probably should have won one or two games and, and you won four. It was hard on everybody. Was there this universal like look of you know what we can be pretty good like let, let, this isn't this isn't last year's this isn't Tommy Tuberville's Cincinnati Bearcats this is the Luke Fickle era this is the start yeah uh, so like through that whole year it kind of like the the first year like we like we we're being preached to and we're like we trusted them we trusted our staff we trusted like the culture and we just, we just hadn't really bought in super. We hadn't like clicked super well with us yet. And like all that pain, all that, like the losing, the embarrassment, getting your butts kicked, getting ran off the field. You're like that. You're just thinking about that all, all off season. And of course you're being reminded about it too, by the strength guys, the coaches. And it's like this fuel on the fire. And we're like, we got UCLA. It's going to be a power five school. We're going to their place. Like this is the, this is like the perfect opportunity for us to show like ourselves. We didn't really even care about like anyone's opinion. It was like, this is like to show ourselves what all, all what we've done, how much we've changed, how much this program has changed and how its trajectory has changed. And we're going to do that versus UCLA. So it was like, like even the first year, like we were working our asses off. Like it, it's not like like we weren't like put in the work. Like we were working hard. We were just getting killed though. So it's like we knew we we had a whole year of hard work and like this learning the system, the culture, weights, and all that. We carried that through the, the whole off season. Coach Brady is like, and we're gonna. It was always like, and we're gonna everything we're doing here. It's it's gonna be put on display at UCLA and in, in in the Rose Bowl. We're gonna go in and we're gonna we're going to win. So we believed we were going to win that game all off season, all of camp, all the way up till, till the kick and being there and like doing it. It almost felt like, like a mini super bowl for us, even though it's like the first game of the season, it was like, it was like, we've done so much. We've changed so much. We've adopted this amazing culture way better than we did the year before. Like we need this and we're going to go do it. And like, when we won the game, it was almost like we, it almost felt like we won like a championship, like we won the conference, but it was just the first week, but everyone's like celebrating. And like, I remember like coach fickle and coach Brady, like hugged each other. Like, because like, they were like, yeah, we, they're like, he's like, I think coach Brady was like, we did it. Like, and he was like, coach was like, yeah, we definitely did it. Cause we did. It was like, that was like our first like stamp of approval. Like this, everything we're doing works like, this staff works like this is the right thing to be doing. And it was just awesome. And it was like so much momentum for our program. Like that win, I think pushed us through that first season and that first season guided us through the next. And then 
now we're in the college football playoff. Um, so it was big. It meant a lot to the players and the staff. How, how much does it mean as a player? There was a lot of talk about this a- after that game. Coach Fick going for it on fourth down and like as much trust as he was putting in you guys where they weren't trying to be cute. They weren't trying to overthink it. We're giving the ball to Mike Warren. We're running right down your throat. We're scoring this touchdown and we're winning the game. How much does that energize a team? How much does that further your belief in the staff that they believe in us? So now we're going to even more buy into what they're telling us because it's reciprocated. It's not one way. They're not asking for something out of us that they're not willing to, to reinvest back into us, I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. I mean, it was great, but no one was surprised on the sideline. Like before they even made the decision, I mean, everyone's like, go for it, go for it, go for it. Cause like I said, it was like, we were like way more immersed in this culture and like we were, Everyone wanted to go for it. No one was surprised we went for it. We knew before that that Coach Vic believed in us. We knew Coach Vic was going to do that. We knew we were going to run the ball right at him, and we knew we were going to get it. And we're like, like before the player, we're like, we need two yards. Yeah, run the fuck. Sorry, my bad. Run, You're run the not. ball. You can cuss all you want on this. Okay. There's no, there's uh, no, uh, there's no, there's no rating on this podcast. You can no do whatever you coming want. Here. So run the damn ball. Brady cusses on this podcast all the time. So all right, fine. I got. All right, all right, fine. I got you. <laughs> and so we ran it. We got it. No one was surprised. We're like, yeah, that's that's what we do. Like, this is us. This is this is Cincinnati football. This is what you're going to see every week, and we're going to go for it. We're going to run the ball at you, and we're not going to be we're we're not worried about it one bit. And we loved it. We we, we weren't surprised though. We knew we were going to do it. I. I tried to go chronological. I got a, got a little bit too excited and sprung all the way to the Boston College. Yeah, you're the one that told us to I go know, chronological. I know. I, hey, I just took ownership of it <laughs> because I was excited to hear that story. I mean, and, and they beat Virginia Tech that year in the bowl game, Military Bowl. We all know that. That was a that, yeah. that was a good win. That was a good Hayden win. Moore. Hayden Moore Stepping coming in. in. That's a great yeah. story. It's such oh, a yeah. great story. Oh, yeah. Big big time win there. But uh, kind of. Kind of what was the feel? Obviously, we've we've mentioned the offseason in between that 18 to 19 year. But heading into that 19 year, did you guys kind of have that feeling of, okay, we can probably compete for a championship right now? Because obviously in 18, it was that tough game at the bounce house at UCF. And then probably one of the bigger memories would be at home, nip at night, Friday night lights, when UCF comes back in. And uh, kind of just talk about first that trip to the bounce house, college game day at UCF. It had to be a little little crazy down there. But, of course, that return trip, UCF comes into town and one of the better games over this crazy historical run. Yeah, so first on the bounce house, like not even close, the craziest, loudest game day experience I've ever – probably – well, I mean, the playoff was a little bit different, but that was like I've been so I growing up, I was fortunate to go to like some some cool college football games growing up in Columbus. Like my grandma worked for the university. So I got to go to like some some cool games at Ohio State where like primetime night games, like hundred thousand people. I, I've been to like the big house in Michigan and like that stadium holds like half as much, but it was just like astronomically louder crazier 
Like it's what I that's what I felt when we were at uh, our conference championship this past season. Like that's the kind of vibe. Like that's the vibes it was given. But that was crazy. You know, we were not ready for that. I think they kind of like that environment we were not ready for. And it kind of showed like, all right, like we still got a lot. Like we're, we're, we were way more improved, but we're not there yet. Like it was a good test for us, a good litmus test to show like, yeah, like we're winning games, but you know, we're not, we're not like where we are, where we were this past season. Um, And then carrying that through when they came here at nip at night, like that was so much fun. It was like, it was like the calm. It was like, this is what this uh, city will do for a team that like wins and like puts on a, like plays hard and plays for their city. And, you know, seeing that, like, it still gives me chills thinking about it. Like, especially on a mods pick six, it's just like, you know, as a player, you're like, this is what you play for. Like you, you play for moments like this where like you got 40,000 sold out stadium, just screaming and hollering, rooting you on. Cause they, they recognize how far you've came and where the program's at and how big of a game that is because of all the improvements that we've made. And, you know, it was, it was awesome getting to get the victory, rushing the field, all that. It was like, this is what Cincinnati football is going to be. Like, this is the new standard. And like, it just made you hungrier, made you same thing after that first year. It's like, once you win, like you don't ever want to lose again. It's like when you're, when you're like 11 and three or 11 and two, I'm sorry. And, you, you get that taste of winning. Like you're like, I'm, I can never go back to being four and eight ever like that. Yeah. That it's terrible. And so it, it just like made us, it made us expect more of ourselves and like expect to win every week. And that's what we did that third year until we kind of ran into uh, Memphis, the heartbreak there. It's hard to talk about, but no, it's, you know, kind of going to the bounce house, getting your, getting your ass kicked, you know, tucking your tail coming in the next year they come in we kind of give it right back to them we show them what a nip at night is really like and i think now the whole country kind of knows about that so take us through the sidelines on that pick six from ahmad and you still call him ahmad i noticed no sauce from you he's still ahmad to, to rhyme never right. never's been <laughs> sauce never will be <laughs> I, I just feel weird i feel weird calling another grown man sauce i don't know what it is it's just something <laughs> that's fair just something and like and for me like he was always younger than me and like that was my thing is like i don't care how good you are bro you're not i'm not calling you sauce like you're a freshman like (laughs) you're gonna be a mod even if you are the best player to ever play for cincinnati you're still a mod bro i'm sorry (laughs) that's kind of like the joke that's been my stance royer he's the most dominant bearcat of all time because Mm -hmm. what he did is impossible to do a third took of the away field, an entire side of the field, shut just yeah. completely. It's out. You can't over here doesn't exist. Yeah. And I always laughed. You'll be able to speak on this more than, than most. It wasn't that teams for the longest time, they wanted to throw at him. They just didn't because there was never the space to do it. Like, yeah. When did you realize, oh my God, this guy's game changing. Like, like on a level that that we might not ever see at Cincinnati again. I, I don't I don't think we ever will. I mean that I think it's special. And Ahmad is a, like a great person too. Like yeah, 
everything he got, everything he did, he worked his ass off for, always carried himself exceptionally well. Always a guy that would like me and him would chop it up, have a great, like, it wasn't like he was just a football robot. Like he's just a fun, hardworking, good ass guy. And I'm, I'm so happy for him. But what, what I think would happen is like teams would be like, Oh, we're going to throw on this guy. We got a guy, we got our guy. Like let's, let's take him out. Then by like the end of the first quarter, it'd be like, all right, that's done. Like, and I think by like, <laughs> by, by about half, by about like probably a third of the way through the year, they're like, all right, like, let's not waste our time and game plan the boundary. Like let's game plan the field. There's a lot more space, you know, it probably makes more sense. Let's put our tight end over like our blocking tight end over there. Like, yeah. Let's put our, there were, there, there have been coaches on the record that have been like, we would put our, like our slap dick yeah. worst wide receiver out there on him because we knew we weren't throwing to that guy anyway. Yeah. So just put him out there and, and, and worry about it some other time. I mean, just as a defense, the luxury. Like, I, I've, I've said this, and it's going to happen, Ryan. Somebody's going to complete, like, a 30, 40-yard pass to the boundary this coming season. And everybody's going to freak out because it hasn't <laughs> happened for three years. Everybody's going to be like, what the hell is happening? Fire the yeah. defensive coordinator. I know. This is ridiculous. I will also say it also goes to show how special, like, Kobe, Arquan, yeah. And like our field state, like Javon, like that, like being like put like literally like 95% of the pass concept is on you guys, like at all times. And the, the fact that they let up like that little production still when you're, it's like, it's like the magnifying glass is on you every single passing down. Like, I think that just speaks volumes and shows how great of players they are, how prepared they are. And so I commend those guys for sure. And you, you'll see, like, they're all going to be rewarded with, I think, good amounts of money in the NFL. So I'm super happy for them, too. But back to the original question. Sideline. Oh, uh, yeah. That pick six. <laughs> mayhem. Mayhem. I remember I was, like, right by Freeman and Mike Mickens is the corners coach. And, like, Freeman just, like, he, he – like, Mickens is, like, over here. And Freeman just, like, looks at him like, Wow, like mouths wow, like eyes wide. Because Mod's a freshman and like he wasn't really supposed to play because can't like we knew he was good. It was like Cam, it was like basically kind of like, all right, Cam Jefferson's the senior, he's a little banged up. Like, if Ahmad gets a chance and goes and takes the position, like that's what will happen. And literally, that's exactly what happened. Cam literally got a pick that game. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, he Big got the return. interception. Yeah, huge return. Um and he got he ended up getting banged like his back was bothering him that whole year. So he was banged up. They put a mod in and Ahmad gets the pick six. And it's like, all right, like that is the guy now. Like you're not like you do something like that. No. And that's exactly what happened. He started the rest of the year, had the pick six versus ECU to save the season mm-hmm. at that point. And that I mean, but the sideline, like it was like pandemonium. It's like craziness. You know, you're running around like screaming, jumping, hugging like some of your some of the guys near you, like going crazy. And like like I said, I got to see like that moment with Freeman and Mickens, which is pretty cool. Kind of just see a coach. It's hard. You don't really. There's not a lot of moments like that because these coaches have been around. They've seen a lot of things. They've played with a lot of good, great players. 
And like see Coach Freeman kind of react like that. I was like, all right, yeah, this kid's that was insane. Like this kid's the real deal. I called it right before the snap. I said sauce pick six. Yeah. To to did Brandon it? Sosna. Like I was standing right there yeah. in the end zone. And I, I looked at Brandon right before the snap. I said sauce pick six right here. And he wow. like, Shut <laughs> up. well, because Brandon, Brandon, who you know worked in the NFL with the Browns. Yeah. The first day he walked into higher ground and saw sauce. He said, that's a star. And I said, come on, man. He's 140 pounds soaking wet. Like, he's like, look, man, that's what that's what you look like in the NFL. Like that long, rangy, yeah. just fluid. His body was so smooth. He's like, he that's that's the next star here. And we were like, come on, man, shut up. Like, whatever. And then I, you know, right before the snap, I said, sauce pick six. And when it happened, he just looked at me and shook his head. He's like, I told you, I told you. He's yeah. like, that's why I worked in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, he tried to he tried to steal your thunder there. It was like you made the call, then he tried to take it his way, man. Oh, that that was between me and Brandon. It's I've known Brandon since he was like he was a ball boy for Mick when he was like 12. So I've known really? him since he was like 11, 12 years old. Yeah. Okay. So well, we had yeah. that like that back and forth where we could mess with each other. But um, yeah, I mean it, didn't Jim what, Kelly call like the turnover too on the on the play by play? He might have. He, he might. I thought have he said some like Bearcats turnover, like like right when the drive right started. Before, yeah. Well, and then were, he's in the background, like yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. Like, that well, they say like seventeen yeses or something like that. Yeah, because I always love like when like the play by play guy like is announcing it and then. The color guy next to him is losing his mind, screaming, "Yes, yes!" I I was so I love that. I I listened to that so many times. Yeah, between Jim Kelly and and Dave Lapham, we have like the two best (laughs) anywhere here in Cincinnati. Yeah, those are two. That's the beauty of it. Those are two guys. Dave Lapham's is invested in the Bengals as anybody's. Yeah, Mike Brown might not be more invested in the Bengals than Dave Lapham is. And and Jim Kelly, as you know, the history with his dad, like you know, like it, it, there's Cincinnati doesn't mean more to anybody than it does Jim Kelly. So to him to get to experience all this, we've had him on multiple yeah. times because he's he's. The I love best. Jim. Jim's reached like that's what I love about Jim is that a guy like me, he would like recognize like the things I've done, and he would talk he talk to me in person, reach out to me. Um, and he would just tell me like, thank you for all you've done. And like, I always like really appreciate that. Like a guy kind of like taking time like that to reach out to like a guy like me who's not super like well-known, not super, not like out there doing a bunch of like things that you're going to, he's going to have to comment on, on the radio. But I always love Jim for that. I'm thankful I got to meet him. Um, you, uh, real, yeah. real quick. I did want to just interject that uh, I see about a dozen of you knuckleheads on Twitter watching along with us. Uh, if you do hop on YouTube or on Twitch, you can join in the conversation here in the chat. Um, and it also helps out Bearcat Journal without you spending a penny. So please help us out with that. There you go. Uh, so so you mentioned Ahmad's – I'll call him Ahmad with you. Oh, sauce. You mentioned sauce. <laughs> other Thanks, Brett. Yeah, at, at ECU. <laughs> now, yes, that was awesome. Save saved the, the season, save the game. But the story of that is the post-game – celebration in the <laughs> locker room the gif of all gifts that came out of that first yep. talk about that game kind of just i mean ecu small but mighty crab would you say is it's good way to yeah put it. they're that like if they if 
they were playing for a conference championship that I can't even imagine having to go into that. It's probably just like as crazy as Nippert is like guy teams would always talk about like Nippert was like nuts. To, it was like very hard place to play. And we'd go to ECU to be like 60% full. And they're like pirates, like screaming. And like, you're like, this place is nuts. Um, and like that game, which is just like such a, it's just a crazy game because you got, what's his last number five. Is his name Williams? I don't uh, know the wide receiver that had, yeah. had like catches. 500 yards or whatever. Um, him and then Ayler's, which we knew Ehlers, was, yeah. yeah, we knew he was talented. He was a good quarterback, but we didn't know he was going to be playing like Ben Roethlisberger plus John Elway. <laughs> Joe out Montana. of his mind. Like literally rolling, get, rolling left, getting hit left, and then throwing across his body with his left to the right, right in a window, like in between two defenders to number to number five. And it was just like, it's like these guys are doing ever like they're making every play, like everything's going their way. They're they're winning. They're they're running trick, they're running Philly special, they're doing everything. And we're like, I'm like, we're gonna fucking lose. Like at that there was a point in the game we were down 14. And what was it? Like the beginning of the fourth quarter, and they're marching yeah. on the field, marching on the field to score <laughs> again. Ayler's is out of his mind. And then Ahmad just steps up and gets the pick six. And you're like, and then you, not only that, he just outruns everyone. And he's just like gliding down the sideline. You're like, all right, this guy can, he's a freak too. And we're just like, all right, he, he literally just saved the season. Cause that game, it was like, it was like, if every, like if there was a game we're going to lose to be that one, it's like everything, we're not playing well. Every they're playing the best they played probably ever in my five years there playing against them. They played their best game. Everything's going away. Unbelievable throws. Yeah. It was like, it was like they were Alabama. (laughs) And we CJ Johnson, by the way, is that wide receiver? Yeah. Yeah. Johnson. Sorry. Should have known. I heard his name like 50 times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's but, but the post game. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And then that just sets the t- like winning that. We're all like, how the how the fuck do we win this game? Like we're all like going nuts. Like, yeah, like like everything because we, we knew it was on the line. Like it was the end of the year. Like we have to win these games because we want to play for the conference championship. We want to go to a New Year's six bowl and we're like, all right, like we just saved our asses. Like we're like jumping up and down like little kids. I remember DeMarco Baker, Chad, you might remember him. Do you remember oh, him? Yeah. number 40? Yep. DeMarco? Yeah. Like, I just remember on the pick six, me and him are like looking at each other. We just lock eyes. We just start hugging and jumping up and down like little kids. <laughs> and then we go in the locker room and like, we're just like going ape shit. And Coach Fick, you know, he like, I, he's got a good, a good like pulse on the room. Like, he knows his team and like, he knows how to like have fun he just comes in and like, we're just like jumping around and he just comes in the middle of it, just grabs the rafters, just ah! and like, we're all there. We got, we got our phones out. We're like recording the whole thing. And it's like the greatest thing ever. And so then it was just like, after, like after that, whenever we went there, we would start grabbing like in anticipation for him. Cause it was like such a, 
and it was just like you said it's like the, the best gif ever it's like the best memory like the best locker room celebration i've ever seen out of a head coach like that that is just there's nothing super crazy about it like nothing super talented he's not doing any dancing or anything but it's just like the sheer raw like craziness of him that's just so it's, funny. It's, it's the most football guy thing ever, right? To jump up, yeah. grab the rafters, and start screaming at the top of your lungs. Swing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's authentic. It's real. It's real. Like that's. Yeah. It's not a show. Like that's Coach Fick. Like just being like us. Like celebrating with his team and being one with his team, and we love that. And it's 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 such a good memory. All right, we're at, we're already at an hour, so we gotta. You're on vacation. We don't we don't want to. <laughs> oh, I got nothing to do. Don't worry about me. <laughs> well, we'll have, look, man. We've gone almost three hours with this podcast before. I'm don't good. encourage us. Send um, it. Let let let's jump ahead to <laughs> let's jump ahead to 2020. Well, well, before that, Chad, Mister uh, Mister Royer received something pretty special right after uh, right after the season before 2020 came, didn't you? Yeah, it's put on scholarship going into my uh, junior year. It was awesome. Like I said, like they like I remember like my first year, like and during I was kind of like killing it on scout team. And Coach Freeman's like, "You keep doing this, like you'll be well, you're gonna be on scholarship." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that'll be cool." Like because when I came, I was like, my goal was to like play, try to get on the field and get a scholarship by my fifth year. And like, I was like, I, that was my expectations for myself and kind of being, I was like, all right, well, this process has <laughs> been expedited quite rapidly when Freeman was telling me about scholarship and I was playing my second year. I was like, I was like, well, I'll probably get a scholarship soon. I don't know. Like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, and I like, I didn't really know how it worked. I didn't really know like how they went about it. I was just, just got done. Uh, literally the story is so funny. It was spring ball and like I, my famous blitz, which is Maine, where like I just run up the middle and try to just kill the quarterback. Like your hair's and, on fire. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm running through and like I'm like I'm scot free. I'm gonna go hit. It was either I don't know if it was Dez or I don't remember. I was I wasn't gonna hit him, but I was gonna you know tag off on him. And then like out of my peripheral, like Jared Dokes, which is the one of the biggest strongest running backs I've ever seen or played against just like comes out of nowhere and just cracks me right in the side of the head. And we're both, we kind of just like both like look at each other for a second, like that hurt. Like we just hit each other <laughs> in the head so hard. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So the next play I, uh, my, I was done. I go to the sideline and I'm kind of like looking and like, I, like my vision is like blurry. I can't really read anything on the, I'm like trying to read and like the letters are like moving up and down. I'm like, oh, I'm, like I'm like, well, this isn't good. So I, uh, I go up to Aaron. I'm like, Aaron, uh, I can't read very well. I just got hit in the head. He's like, all right. And he like gives me all these tests. He's like, we don't seem to have a concussion. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I finished practice, you know, CTE land. <laughs> <laughs> just do it doing everything by the book there. And so I, I'm like, by the time coach fit calls us up, I'm just like, kind of like, Oh geez, I just need to get, get ibuprofen and go to bed. And so then coach fit comes up to me. He's like, Hey, come, come out to my office after, after practice. I'm like, all right, cool. 
So I'm like showering up, getting changed, feeling like shit, like head hurts so bad, very out of it. He, I go up there. I'm like, what's up? He's like, well, Ryan, we're going to put you on scholarship. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm just in pain I'm and dreaming. exhausted. I'm like, <laughs> really? I was like, really? I was like, thank you so much. Like, that's awesome. Like, yeah, we don't want to make a big show of it, you know, but you deserve it. Like, thank you so much for what you do. I'm like, thanks. And I'm just kind of like out of it. I just take the paper, go home, fall asleep, wake up, call my mom and dad, a couple of my coaches from high school. And I remember I told my dad, I was like, I fucking told you, like, I was going to do this shit. Like, I, I did it, like, did it way faster too. like, basically like, fuck yeah. Me and my dad just kind of sat there on the phone like, yeah, you did. So it was, it was super cool. Um, and then, you know, just kind of like helping the team out the next two years after that, just trying to keep earning my, keep, keep my scholarship up so I don't fall victim to hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. You know, the great, <laughs> the great, the great American trap college debt. You put your body on the line to yeah. make sure that you got two free years of college. Uh, I still got like, Freaking sixty thousand dollars to pay off. So oh, I'm sure. That's, yeah, you didn't get yeah. it all free. You just got the, no. the end free. Yeah, the end. <laughs> it's like wow, I would have really been screwed if I didn't get this. So thank you, Coach Fickle. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'll I'll have my debt paid off when I'm fifty, not when I'm seventy. So I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is it to you guys? It, like he doesn't make a big deal out of it. it it's like pulling teeth to get him to tell us what walk-ons are on scholarship, what walk-ons aren't on scholarship. Like for whatever reason, he likes to keep that in house and like keep it special, that relationship between him and the individual player that, that that's happened. Yeah. Cause he doesn't want it. Like, like he doesn't want you to feel like it's like anything different than what you've already done. You know, like you're being given this because you deserve it. And it's cause you do, you're not, we're not going to like, celebrate you and treat you any differently like you've earned this because of your work ethic you've set yourself apart from the other walk-ons from other guys on the teams like you deserve this and we're not gonna like make a big hoopla about it because you're just gonna go about your business like i know you will because he like he know if you're get if he's given a walk-on a scholarship he knows like we don't give two shits about being like paraded around in front of the media or the team like it's just like all right like i earned this so i'm gonna keep earning it and thank you. And like, let's get back to work. And like, that's the kind of man coach Vic is too. So we don't like, we like it that way. He likes it that way. And I think it makes it better. All right. Let's, let's get into the COVID year. The hardest <laughs> thing you guys have ever gone through. Like as a, as a player, I can't imagine. Field yeah. locker room, dorm room, basically that's it like your complete life is shut off you don't want to be the one that was responsible like i won't name names but there was one time like there was somebody that was pretty identifi identifiable as to what had happened like th that had to be amongst the older guys especially like look we're having a special season don't screw this up what was it like that that yeah. whole you know higher ground was completely shut off you guys were in a you know, 100% in a bubble um, that season, like having games canceled and just the, 
the over, like from a 10,000 feet, what was that experience working through that like and still being able to have the success that you guys had? Yeah, so it all started when we're at higher ground. Things are getting shut down. We don't know, like, what's going on. And, like, some guys were kind of like, like, what are we still doing here? Like, we're not even going to play. And so it was, like, navigating through that. And, like, Coach Fick was, like, like really, like, he wanted to make sure, like, we were all on the same page. And, like, if you wanted to, like, we had to, choose, like, talk, we talked, like, two separate times as a team and about, like, what we're going to do and if we feel safe and, like, all that crap. So we're, like, we meet as a team and, like, Coach Fix basically like, all right, if you want to go home, we'll pack up your stuff. We'll have the, a bus waiting outside for you to go home. And so you're like, any any intelligent person would be like, okay, I feel like he really doesn't want us to go home. Like, you know, we're not, <laughs> going, we're not going home. Like, if you, it is a career suicide if you go home. And that was. I think like it's so funny. Like Marcus Brown, Big Brown, he like up his stuff because he was worried. He had like some underlying like he was worried about his asthma, which is fair. And you know everyone's different, but he packs up his stuff, gets on the thing, he gets he gets to Clifton, he comes back, and then he's like, "What did I just do? Like I just made a terrible <laughs> mistake." He calls Coach Fickle. He's like, can I come back? Like, please, Coach. I'm so sorry. They let him come back. And he it was just – it was because it's Brown. Like, you know, Brown. It's just hilarious. Like, But I remember, like, there's kind of, like, this movement on the guy. There's, like, a kind of this momentum of, like, guys really not knowing what to do. And I don't know why, but I just texted Coach Fick one night at higher ground. I was like, hey, can I meet with you? And let's talk about what's going on. And like, I just, we like sat down in the barn. It was just me and him. And I was like, I was like, we're not fucking leaving here. And he's like, I know, like, we're not fucking leaving. And I was like, we're, I was like, that's what we're going to, I was, I told him, I was like, I'm going to make sure like nobody leaves here. Like we're not, we're putting the shit behind us. And me and him just kind of like, just shot the, shot the shit on that for, I don't know, about 30 minutes, just like getting the pulse of the team and like how we think we should go about like, navigating this, you know, player coach type thing. I, I really, I, I appreciated that because I just had a lot of my chest, like, Hey coach, like I know I'm not like, you know, dead or any of these guys, but like, I want you to know that like, I speak for a lot of guys here. I, I think I have a good read and I think I have a good vision on what we need to do. And we're not fucking leaving. If we leave, like it'll ruin any chance of us being good this year. And he completely agreed and then he kind of just said, yeah, if you want to leave, get out. Like, we'll move on, and we're going to prepare ourselves to win games. And so we go about that. We're getting tested, like, every single day. And But, you know, like, we just kind of got used to it. We're like, we we want to play. Like, we have a great team. We want to – we can go win every game on our schedule. That's what we want to do. Like, we don't want to let this virus, like, take that away from us. And so we went, and we did all the, the – I mean, the fan was born during this COVID season, so good things did come out of it outside of just, um, like I said, we were just always around each other, and by this point, we had a really tight bond, and that just made it stronger. Like, 
Like we, you know, guy, you can't go out after games or like before the season, you can't go out to the bars with other people. You can't do this, and that. So we're just like, you know what? We're going to hang out with each other. Like we like hanging out with each other. Like that's fine. We don't care. Like we want to win games. So we did. We, a lot, we, where I live, we had this really nice backyard guys over. We'd, you know, cause it's not all like college isn't all football. You know, we got to have fun and like unwind and relax with each other. I think that's important for a team is to be able to like hang out and have memories outside of the field in the locker room. That's what we did. And like we did that and we went in the season, we just kicked ass. Cause we're like, you know, then we had the one, the one outbreak, but like, you know, you could kind of see how we were rusty versus Tulsa, but you know, even then, like we kind of just, that's, that's just like the culture we have. We just kind of like embraced it and the best of it and figured out ways to win and that's what we did all season not just on the field figuring out ways to beat the virus beat the protocols and you know take care of business and it was still so fun i mean we missed the fans i mean even though what was there they said there's five thousand there for the championship there had to be at least 12 they had to lie (laughs) that it but the thing was like twelve thousand people like that was that was like the crowd you'd see sometimes when we were four and eight and like just hearing like Hearing them, how loud, how, how much is louder, and how much more of an impact they made when we didn't have fans all year, it was just like a very good like highlight back. Like you know, we went through this whole year, and now we get like about like ten to twelve thousand people are here to watch us win this championship. Just hearing, just hearing how loud and passionate all those fans were winning that championship despite all the bullshit that happened with COVID. It was, I mean, it was super special. And then, you know, getting our hearts ripped down in the Peach Bowl. But <laughs> that, that yeah. we learned, we learned that COVID was just like spring break because sometimes you go to Orlando and you come back with the contagious disease. <laughs> yeah, Fort Lauderdale. We <laughs> Fort Lauderdale is a hotbed. I went there this spring break. That I mean, that's oh. what happened, though. You guys went to Orlando, you came back, and like four days later, Oh yeah. oh yeah! I thought you were talking about. Um, no, yeah, I'm talking about when the, the the outbreak that, that cost you a couple games was right after a trip to Orlando, just like yeah. spring break. Whatever happened to Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> though, you just sold yourself out, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Things, Cats out of the bag. Things on that. happen. Things happen. <laughs> uh, been to Lauderdale for spring break, you'd know. Let, let's let's go to a question. Redirect, save you here. <laughs> you, you still wish you would have gotten a piece of Nebraska that season. Yes, hundred percent. I was so I was so disappointed. It was kind of like it wasn't the same like magnitude as UCLA, but it was kind of like another. We just loved those moments where like we got to go into someone's into someone's stadium, a Power Five stadium, great environment, and go like kick ass. And like we, I, I wanted to play them. We would have won. I know for, we would have won that game and it would have been great to be able to, you know, showcase that for ourselves and then for the country. Cause it would probably would have been a nationally televised game and that environment's probably super crazy getting to experience that. So I did, I, it was a bummer. We didn't get to play, but. And this is one that always comes up favorite food at higher ground. Uh, what was your favorite dish at Higher Ground? I only got uh, to come out for lunch, 
So the 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 chicken sandwiches, the Monterey. Yes, I was gonna sandwiches. say that. Yeah, that is so good. The croissant with the yeah. bacon oh. ranch. It's just yeah. it's just not beatable. But then there's like we do we have like a surf and turf night where they give us like uh, fried shrimp and ribeye. That's pretty good. And you can't forget that the the apple. What is that? The apple ice cream thing? Oh yeah, the ice. Yeah, yeah. That. That's what delicious. is that thing called? I don't it's know. Like the app- yeah. <laughs> it's it's heaven. The Bearcat bars, you can feel yourself getting fatter as you eat it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would literally. So good. Yeah, I would gain weight at camp sometimes because I would just eat so much, even though like the food, like there, yeah, it's good food. I mean, it's maybe not the healthiest for a. Uh, an athlete, but, <laughs> well, but I would eat you it. guys are out there burning all the cal- it's like the Michael Phelps thing, right? Where he had to eat ten thousand calories a day. Yeah. Uh because of how many calories he was burning. You guys are out there and people don't realize like, you're not just out there for practice in the morning. Like you're back out on the field for walkthrough. You got to get a lift in. Yep. You know, you're you it's not just go through two hours of practice. There's much more to it when you guys are out there. Seven AM to nine PM straight. We get what like we eat the we eat lunch for an hour we break for an hour and a half then we're either right to the left or right to the meeting then we switch and like there's something to say like, if you're not working out like even the walkthrough like jogging but your mind's like locked in and you're just like standing there like it may it it exhausts you and so every single night i'm like do i want to watch a netflix movie or like feel like a normal person or do i just want to go right to bed and just be a robot. So it was like always that do battle. it all over again. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I want to have at least two hours where I'm alive, and then before I switch back into the trance at 7 a.m. But <laughs> so talk about the the close of 2020. Obviously, you guys do win the championship, the AAC championship, take down Tulsa when when supposedly some teams were ducking smoke throughout the season. You guys were able to kind of shut the door yeah. on that one. But uh, and then course the peach bowl you had to go in depth about that but how cool that big of a setting and then what was kind of the feel amongst the team once that kick did go through the uprise at 53 yarder by georgia um and then kind of leading into that to this past season which was you know the best season in football history yeah so covid it kind of like ruined the whole bowl experience too because we should we didn't get to go there for the whole week uh we show up like three days in advance and it's very like kind of like blocked off. You kind of just because you didn't no one want you, we didn't want to get sick or anything. So it was kind of reserved from like the families and the media. And so then it, it was still it was still great. You know, you're super excited to be on that stage near six. And in the game, you're like, I remember like, but leading up to it, I remember Coach Freeman, he was like, he would just pick out guys and he'd be like, He'd be like point at someone. He'd be like Curtis Brooks, like you, like they're just Curtis Brooks, but they're just a little bit taller, or they might weigh a little more. Or he'd point out someone else. He'd point out like I think we had like Jaheem. I remember this one. Jaheem was a four star. He's like, they're a bunch of Jaheems. Like Jaheem's a four star. They're four and five stars. Like they're just guys. We know Jaheem. Jaheem's on our team. Like. We can all kick Jaheim's ass. <laughs> like he'd say shit. He goes like mess around like stuff like that. Like it's like don't like don't like don't like 
worship these guys. Like they're, they're football players, you know, they just check every box, but like, you don't got to check boxes in between the stripes. You just go play the game. And so that, that's what happened. Like, I remember I was like, when we were out on pump block, like we were going up against them and like, it was either the second one when Tucky just like knocked the guy back into the ball. I don't know. It was the first or second pump, but I remember we were kind of out there. We were like, these guys aren't like, they're not, they're just like, we can, we're like beating up on them on the front line. And we're like, okay, like, like we should, we, we can play with these guys. These guys, we can rough these guys around a little too. And so that's kind of like how the game was. It was like back and forth. Like they, we had our shots, they had their shots. And like at the end, I was like, I was kind of like, all right, like the games are here to win. Like we can win this game and like we should win this game a hundred percent. And defense has got to get the stop. And I remember I, I was kind of like, I don't know why I was like, I thought we were up by four points for some reason. I don't know why. And like, I was like, all right, they got to score. Like they're on like the 40 yard line. Like, yeah. and I'm like, all right, we're good. There's no like 30. I was like, Oh, I was like, shit. Like we're only up by yeah. two. Like yeah. they're very close to field. I'm like, I don't know. It was like a huge brain fart by me. I was like, Holy shit. Like we got to lock this shit down right now. Or like we can lose. Mm-hmm. And then it was like a – what was it, 56 yards? Is that what it yeah, was? 53, I think, what it was. 53. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, all right, like, our guys don't make this. <laughs> <laughs> I can tease them. I, I'm friends with all specials. They sure hell didn't make any of those last year. We'll just say that. And <laughs> we – it's like, all right, like, you know, it could go either way. Like, pray to God, please miss this. And then right, he just – murdered it right down the pipes and it just hurt really bad because it's like we should have won that game like it meant so much to win that game it was another like it was like another like stepping stone like another like way to like prove like how far we've come how elite our culture is and you know it just sucks because it's one thing getting blown out and one thing to lose or like you know there's games you're supposed to lose and there's others like when you kind of had the game there, it was your game to win. And then for them to kind of like kick a 53 yarder right through your heart, it just sucked, hurt really bad. But we knew it was like, after that, it was like, all right, like we can beat these teams. Like we are elite. We are a top five team. And we carried that. We like mo- that motivated us all the way through the off season. And I was like, like, let's go run the table and go in the playoff. Like we can do this. Like, let's do that. That's the kind of standard we had. That's the kind of team we had. We built and we just like kicked ass all off season. Like worked. It was like we worked so hard that off season. We had so many good leaders, so many guys who five year guys who've been there from the dog days. And it was just like we just lifted everyone up with us. And we had six year guys like Joel DeBlanco. God yeah. bless him. Yeah, and Curtis Brooks. And it was wow. just. Brown, Curtis Brooks, Joel. Is there anyone else? I think that was all the six. Kobe was five. Kobe was five. five. Yeah. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, Ryan, if you win that game, 2021 looks a lot different. Because my guess is Des Des probably goes. Majay probably goes. Kobe. Kobe. I don't think Kobe. Kobe Kobe, Kobe, would have stayed. I think Dez, sure. Dez, yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. Maybe like, my read on Kobe was they thought he was gone even after the loss. Like they were surprised. I know I talked to Free about it. Freeman was like, I don't know what just happened, but Kobe told us he's coming back. <laughs> like that's what's he was kind of he was kind of surprised. He's a loyal dog. Yeah. He's he's just a dog. He's I love that guy. Like he's the best. But things look entirely different in 2021, yeah. probably if, if you guys win that game, like it it changed Maybe. the course of yeah. history. You never know because with guys, you never know like how much of it is based on wanting to come back to the team and how much of it is like draft stock and like yeah, the sure. current the current year, like the current the current class for their position. And I don't know, like I, I haven't had those personal talks like with Des, Kobe, or Maja, why they came back. But if they would, if they all would have stayed and we win that game, I think it also would have set the table a lot smoother for us too sure. in terms Absolutely. of we probably would have been like, what were we ranked to start the year, eight? Yeah. We probably, I think we would have been like four probably. And we would have. Probably. They, they, they would have, for some reason, you know, they shouldn't do that, but they would have used the win from last year to like bolster us up. How they yeah. do that stuff with other especially teams. if everybody comes back. I mean, that's what they're gonna yeah. fight this year, is they're gonna fight perception of they're not gonna be nearly as good because nine guys got drafted and nine guys just don't get drafted from from group of five teams, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. But um yeah, I, I mean it was it, this year so bad too. I wanted that rematch so bad. <laughs> That I want. Well, well like, the crazy thing play. is, everybody talked about how like they had all these guys that sat out and declared and da 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 da. That team last year was the team you guys played. Like the yeah. team this year was the team you guys played last year because all those guys had to step in and fill those roles. And and then you have yeah. the the you know what's that game look like if if Wig can play if if Sauce can play. Yeah, I mean it was the same. Like people always kind of like discredited our side of that, which always, I mean, you don't worry about it, but you're always like, yeah, that's bullshit. Like they had guys that didn't play. We had guys that didn't play, but it wasn't like game defining things. Like 22 guys took the field and it was like, what, 19 of the 22. Yeah. It was like, I don't know. Stupid, stupid stuff. Stupid, stupid, uh, playoff. Goddamn media, stupid media, fuck. Yeah, what's, what's wrong with you guys? Can't stand you guys. The worst. The what worst. was the as we as we start moving into to twenty one? What was the vibe like when Free left? I mean, like, I know it, it was painful. Yeah, I'm rewinding back a little bit, but like, what was it like when Free left, and how difficult was the transition? of Trestle coming in and, and getting adjusted to all that. It was painful. Uh, Cause you know, those stories I was telling earlier about coach Freeman, like how he really was like very much like a part of the heartbeat of the linebacker room. Like he was tapped into everyone tapped into the feel like everything. It was just always like, it was always a great time with coach Freeman. All, everyone was always like laughing, having fun, but we were always respected him. And it was, it's hard to see someone go, but like it was understandable. You know, some, there's like irrefusable offers sometimes that require tough decisions and require, you know, like saying bye to people you care about. And that's something that we all had to go through and we were all happy for him, but we missed him a lot. But Co- I think it was like a perfect, it was like 
we were at the perfect point as a linebacker room and as a defense for Coach Tressel to come in because Coach Tressel, like, is a great football coach, like a great defensive mind. And, like, he would, like, look into things and see things and, like, improve things that, like, we weren't necessarily doing the year before. And I think it's a credit to the whole staff. It's a credit to Coach Fickle, um, Coach Tress, Coach um, Hischler, um, Coach Scruggs, like, Coach Eliano. Like, like everyone – when Coach Tress came in, like, everyone kind of, like, fine-tuned everything. And I, you could tell we were just way more of like a well-oiled machine. We had everything we did last year, we did better. And then we also added in like a ton of more like third down rush packages. And like when Coach Trussell came in, it was like, all right, like Coach Trussell may not be as like socially like – what's the, socially like talented with the linebackers. He might not be like as fun as Coach Freeman. Meetings might not be as funny. They might be more technical and – you know, maybe a little like not as entertaining, but you know, Coach Trussell, like he he kind of recognized like the the like the bond we had and like kind of like the fun we had with each other, and he like adapted his style around that. And that's one thing I really like loved about him and respected about him is that you know coming in, um, he was a big brain guy, like a very like like you know like there's like book smart guys and street smart. He was like a book smart football coach, like love the love going through like the details and technicalities and that is always not super fun sometimes to talk about um and do meetings over hours upon hours but he found a way to like bring that and then mold to us and mold to the defense and make everything better and he came in at a perfect time i think he did a perfect job with like adapting and and like bringing new things and new ideas and working with coach fickle and the other coaches and it was good. I, I loved, I love coach Trestle. I'm super like great coach, super thankful for everything he's done for me and the defense. And I think he's going to continue. Like he has his, he has his hands full this year with like guys leaving and like, but I think he's going to do a great job with the other coaches and I'm excited for him and I'm excited to, to play for him. Now you mentioned that, you know, there was kind of a change in between those two years between the COVID year and, and last year and just the way that the leaders adjusted and just kind of, there was a, we got this, we're, we're, we're not taking any shit from anybody, but what changes did you see in yourself as you evolved from the COVID year into last year? Um, I saw, I saw myself grow and my confidence with like leadership on the team. Uh, I, I felt my role grow. I felt like the respect for like my opinion and my voice and like, I just felt that from like everyone on the team and guy like guys they'd look up to me they they'd value my opinion more and like that meant a lot to me cuz I felt like I deserved that given the things that I did I did for the program and on and off the field and yeah I think but like that was like kind of like how everyone everyone just kind of like rose you know coach Fick talk about like our motto is high tides raise all ships and it's like is tides rising like you getting on and you're going to come with us like we're bringing you with us like this program is raising this program's rising like we're all rising as individuals as leaders and you know i felt like i was a i I've, i was a part of that and it was it was super cool were you starting to get involved in like the recruiting and stuff at that point or had you already been involved when recruits would come in like were you taking anybody under wing or anything Oh uh, yeah. So I was always like the engineer liaisons, any engineer recruit coach Fick would stick them with me and Pat would stick them with me. 
And so I would talk to like recruits and parents about like what it's like being an engineer and how it's doable and that kind of thing. But like, I would always like, I, I would always be like, like the young linebackers, you know, I'd always like look out for them, help them with stuff, mess with them and like make sure they're enjoying themselves. They chose you over Pierce? Uh, maybe that Alec talked to some guys, but they're probably, uh, Alex probably, he's not, he's got more things to worry about with the offense. Let's let Royer handle this. <laughs> See, you were the personality, Alex, a nerd, right? Alex, wait, yeah, Alex, Alex, an introvert, and he'll tell you that a hundred times. So, Indiana was hot and it was a win. Good job taking down the Hoosiers, three and oh, scary, too. Yeah, Brent went scary. to Indiana, so. He's, What'd you he's say? Got I think you're right. You're Brent, a little Hoosier. To IU. I'm a Hoosier. Oh, there you um, go. Sorry, but, uh, man. Obviously, <laughs> rep, I mean, obviously, rep the Bearcats more. So uh, there you go. But the next game, gotta talk about it. Notre Dame Stadium. That was awesome. I want you to just touch on touch on the game itself, the feeling afterwards, and also that moment when the uh, when the crowd was you know, kind of chanting "Let's go Bearcats," and it oh, kind yeah. of was taking over the entire stadium. That game was, you know, it was a circle game. You got that game circled going into South Bend. And we knew we had to, we knew we had two tough games back to back IU, Notre Dame. We have to win both of them. We're not dropping one and one or the other. We're like, we have to win both these games for the goals that we had for ourselves. And so going to that game, it's like, it's like we know we can beat them. And we're going to beat them. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go in there. We're going to rip the hearts out of all those Notre Dame fans, all those arrogant Notre Dame fans that you've dealt with your whole life. And it was just – it was such a great environment. We were, we had the whole team bus up, which was awesome, having got – not just the travel squad. Everyone was there. And, you know, opening kickoff, they're playing – Shipping up to Boston, which is our fan song. So you know, like it's, <laughs> yeah, the, the fan song is their kickoff. Like this is our shit. Like this is like we're like we're like doing that, joking around with that, and and like it was just literally like the, probably one of the that and like the end of the AAC championship, the moment when they were chanting "Let's go Bearcats," just taking over the stadium for like the fourth, like the third and fourth down play, like in the second I was it was the coolest thing ever it was like it's like this Bearcats nation like this is like this is uh, like we're, we're, we've arrived like this is what we're, we're gonna go win this game and we got like thousands of people here rooting us on like making such a big motivating us cheering us it was just it was yeah like I said one of the coolest things I've ever had playing a sport and one of that game was just it was awesome. It kind of it like you always touch back to the UCLA, kind of like that. It's like it's a big deal. Like we we work our ass off for that, and like we expect to win, and we're gonna go do it. And when you do it, it just feels that much better. Especially when you get to go shake uh, Coach Freeman and Chad's hand on the other side, it makes it a little more fun. Yeah, it was. And then like the locker room. Did you guys see what Fickle did in the locker room? The lucky charm. The lucky charm. The luck. The lucky charms. He's like. Fuck these lucky charms! He said some. He said some like super corny and just rips the box up, and it was so funny. Just throws them around. It was, I, it was I have great. to know, like, 
when you guys took the field, could you see the red? Like, yes. Could you yeah. see what was happening? What yeah. What was that? Were you guys looking at each other like, holy shit, we're, we're dominating we're, Notre Dame Stadium? We're like, fuck yeah. Like, let's go. Like, Bearcats traveled. Like, this is awesome. Like, this is – like, it was just the perfect environment for the perfect game, perfect win. It was awesome. Now, last year, the, the pump it up really took a just kind of a, a body of its own and just was a whole different animal. And how much of a say did you have in that being the special team's song of choice? Um, I didn't really tell Brady to do it, but he, like, knew how much we loved it. He's like, let's make Pumpkin up the kickoff song. What do you think? I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, 100%. Like, that'll be sick. Like, I, I was like, I feel like I feel like this noon section would like that. I didn't, like – we, we got to like give credit where credit's due, right? It was Bolden, Kyle right? Bolden. Yeah, yeah right. Bolden. Bolden, if you want the whole story, it was it was during, like, fan nights, and, like, Bolden would, like, put on, like, this Pump It Up song. No one knows what it is. And he would, like, do this dance with it where he'd, like, act like he's knocking on the door, and then when the beat drops, he'd, like, kick the door down, and, like, we all thought it was so <laughs> funny. And so we loved the song because of that. And, like, Bolden showed it to us, and we just, like, play it and, like, you know, have a good time and like do what we did on, on off nights and And so then like <laughs> Bolden, I think Bolden like DJed one of one of the like right. squat yeah. fest and he puts it on and Brady's like, what is that song? I love it. I love it. I love that song. <laughs> Your Brady is on point. It's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, five years. <laughs> yeah. Five, five years of Coach Brady, you pick up on some things, but he, uh, Brady loved it. And then, like, he put it on during the workouts. Like, Coach, it was like whenever the big skill came down, it was like the linebackers and like the tight ends. So it'd be like, like me, like Huber, Wiley, and like all, we were all like buddies. And like, we would, he would just like kind of cater to our music liking. So we'd listen to like these, like, these mixes, like these country, like EDM mixes, these like they call, they're called big booty mixes. Brady love you have to ask him about them. He loves the big oh, booty yeah. mix, and like so he play all these, and then like he knew we loved pump it up, so he'd start playing pump it up, and like we just every time it'd come on, like we'd all like go crazy down there during the lift, and so he's like, he's like, we gotta make it the the kickoff song. Like, yes, do it. He's like, I'll see what I can do. (laughs) He like tell I don't know if that's Wid or who it is he talked to, but he made it. And like the first game, like they put it on, but like they did the same thing with um the third down. Like what what is the 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 purge? purge. Like they don't they play it too, they don't play it long enough and loud enough. So like the first game versus Miami, they play it and it was just not loud enough and not long enough. Yeah, I don't think indoor is dishing out DCMA. I I don't think they are. We'll see. That's a good. I mean, that was that was bumping in Dallas, and the place was going wild. The pregame play before before that game, but oh, but man, but uh, I, you know, we. We're gonna fast forward all the way to the AC championship. Before before that, we have to talk about one of your biggest plays of your career. Oh yeah, at ECU. Break down the play. Tell us how it felt. Go. Okay. Stage is yours. 
this is my one recorded statistic in college football. <laughs> it's like, all right, I, you don't believe I play it. All right, look at this. I'll show you one. I'll show you one play. Um, Story for the kids. Yeah. Um, your, so grandpa, was, <laughs> your grandpa. Your grandpa blocked a kick at ECU. <laughs> you know what a punt is? No, it's when they kick the ball. <laughs> I put my hand on that ball. I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, we, so they had this weird little way with the sheet. We, we, Coach Mace, you know, he loved, Coach Mace loves special teams. So he'd always give us a great scouting report. And they had this weird little like thing where like the shield would like hop over and they'd get really low and squat really low. And he's like, they, to me and Huber, he's like, if you get through there, just one of those times, just fucking just, Jump over shoulder, stick your arm out, see what you can do. And we're like, all right. And so we're the first punt, like the middle shield goes, and he crosses over and he's like, he's like squatting pretty low. And they they let me through. And I just like kind of knife over his pad and like stick my arm out. And like the ball hits my right elbow and just goes right off of it. And I was like, and I just remember I, I like because it, it happened so fast. Like I'm hitting this guy and like right when I hit the guy, like a ball's hitting me. And I'm like, I felt something on my elbow. But I don't know if it was the ball. And like I, I look up and the ball's like sputtering up in the air, like right on the line of scrimmage and hitting the ground. And then I'm like looking at it. I just get up. I was like in my head. I was like, I fucking blocked it. I blocked him <laughs> on. Like I did. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And like I just get up and just like just put my hands in the air like this and just run to the sideline. And just get swarmed by a, but like, I wanted to, so they tell us to, if the ball's in front of the line of scrimmage, never touch it. Cause if we mess it up, it's a fumble right. and they get the ball. The ball's like sitting there and like, there's no one around it. And like, I was like, I was like, Ooh. the the devil on my shoulder like, pick it up and score, pick it up and score. But I was like, I was like, no, my, cause remember, my roommate Tulsa. Wyatt Fisher, remember the Tulsa where he tried to catch it in Minera? I was like, Yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. So <laughs> I just I, I just kept I I just like I just said, fuck it, go celebrate. So I went yeah. celebrated like Coach Mason, like grabbing, yeah, like grabbing on the head. Like everyone's like it was like the coolest thing ever. It was like as like I always I always knew like, I had an impact on like the game because of like the kind of like person I was like not necessarily like making a play. And like, that was like awesome to finally like make that play. I haven't like, I literally hadn't made a play in since high school. It's like four years. I'd always tell my friends, it's like, I haven't like played legitimate football in like five years. It's kind of crazy, kind of depressing sometimes. Like I wish I could, but it's just the way it is. But making that play, it was like, I miss that so much. Like, like physically doing something on a football field to like affect the outcome. And it was, it was great is I'll never forget it. And like, I always, my favorite part of football, it's always been my whole life is celebrating with your teammates after you do something or after they do something. And like just getting to celebrate with like all my special teams guys, like all the guys, like that we, we do the grimy work and just getting to like, like we just did something. Like I just did something and, it was yeah show show was going crazy <laughs> and it was awesome like it was it was the best celebrating with them i'll never forget it now we do have to rewind because maybe the 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 most crazy moment for the show 
was the spring game leading up oh, to yeah. this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. When the NBA spring game, you lost your mind. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I went, I went. Well, you guys have to remember this. I am also, I'm like, I'm 22 years old. Like, and like, we got Landon Fickle, who should be going to prom out there. We got guys, <laughs> we got, we got, we, I think some, well, a month or two of them might have been 17. We got eight, 17 and 18 year old guys who should be at prom. And they got me. They were not veteran. ready for Ryan. They were Roy. not. And I told him too. I'd be like, you. I was like, you guys should be at fucking prom. Like, get, like you know, don't be, don't be trying to block me. Go, go dance to your date. But like, I was just like, I, I would like, I would just destroy these young kids. I, I should though, you know. Like, I'm, I've been playing sure. for four years. I know what. I, they don't know what's going on. They don't know what Blitzes I'm doing. Like. I'm. I've been doing this but for a long time. You took full advantage. You yeah, were I did. I. I took like my. Me and Alec would joke all the time. It'd be like, I'm like, yeah, I'm killing these. I'm at the threes. I'm killing the threes. Like they're all younger than me. And he's like, I yeah, yeah all up, the threes. Like, like Chad, it's like what they like, said. I'm to doing. Blue Smith. Like, I'm supposed to. It's, it's like what they said to Blue Smith this year, right? <laughs> you should be yeah. killing the threes. You're in your fifth year in college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, it wasn't like I, I, I always like I always like joked around with it because I like I should be doing this. Like it's not like a surprise to me or to like anyone. And I, I was, was never so like, yeah, it was so fun. But I was always like, I can't. I'm not pumping my chest over this. Like I'm beating on 17 year olds right now. Like they, <laughs> but it was the spring Except game was great. Did. It was. Yeah. Except you did beat and, your chest. I mean, we saw you celebrating oh, all over the place. Yeah, like I meant like I wasn't like walking around like thinking I was hot <laughs> shit or anything. But yeah, no. I and it was because I knew that spring game was like it was probably gonna be like one of the last times like I'll get to like competitively play linebacker, like in like a scrimmage standpoint and like like actually go play like a lot of snaps and like so like I remember all my like my parents came like all my friends came because you know, I have these great group of friends that don't like we call them NARPs non-athletic regular people and like <laughs> there's I'm super close with them and like they all came to like watch me play I was like yeah if you guys want to watch me play like a lot in a row this will be the last <laughs> time you'll ever get to do that so they came and like I just balled out and like did a bunch of crazy shit and it was awesome and watching like just celebrating and like. Do, and like Coach Bickle, like I'd celebrate, and he he would just be like, "Don't celebrate too hard. You got another play to go," because he loved like <laughs> running the threes, like fifteen plays in a row. And I would have to run this main blitz like ten out of the fifteen times. So like, I'm like exhausted, trying to celebrate, trying to save my energy. But the spring game was awesome, <laughs> and I love Chad. I loved how you would just like. <laughs> just like bring it up that, that's Fickle. when we started Royer for Heisman right I know yeah like I love that just like because coach Fick like we've taught him kind of how to joke around more he wasn't as like he's kind of like right can't you tell Probably. he like he's way funnier and loose now than how he used to be he's 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 <laughs> as comfortable in his skin as any coach I've ever really been around like yeah he didn't like, he used he, to be like that though Oh, he's, he's taking gotten... shots and 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 giving me shit for five years. So uh, <laughs> you guys might have might not have seen it, but he's yeah. been coming at me from from the day he got here. So yeah, so I yeah, I loved how you would like <laughs> poke at him for it. It was so funny and just 
see it like seeing him like have to address like Ryan Royer to the media, like around like I I saw one because <laughs> oh, I asked it was, him like, about, some, I made him talk about you. But what I know it wasn't you though. It was like some like guy with like the news network was like, What who's this Ryan Royer guy? And like Coach Fix just laughing. Cause it's just like he has the answer to like to me and like what I'm doing. I just love I thought it was so funny because people are like, why doesn't he get more reps? It's like because I'm, I'm not. He's he. He wouldn't ever say it. I'm like, just tell him, coach. Tell him I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna start. I'm a third team lunatic scout team guy. Just tell him the <laughs> truth. Tell him. Tell him I'm a special teams guy. <laughs> but he would never do it. I just thought it was so funny. That was perfect. It's perfect. So so what should. Now do we skip ahead to, to the AAC now we, game? Now we can go back to the AAC. Because okay. sadly you you didn't pull out the Heisman uh win that uh that's close season. second. It was close, I agree. Uh <laughs> but you guys had a pretty pretty memorable night facing Houston. Uh one of the cooler videos, images of the night was the the, the cell phone lights in the in the crowd, kind of right before everyone rushed the field after the win. I mean, how was that? You know, obviously, you win the the AC championship the year before against Tulsa in front of not many fans and no fans to really, you know, cheer with. But now you you have the team and the fans rush the field after taking down Houston. Yeah, it, that, that a lot of people like say like, oh, like Notre Dame was like a lot of fans say like, oh, Notre Dame is my favorite game. What's yours? I'm like, mine. It's either like. It's hard to pick between like the playoff and the AAC, but I I always lean towards the AAC championship because it's sold out Nippert, it's everything on the line. We knew it, the fans knew it, the fans showed out like create like it was so loud. Like normally get, it gets loud like third down, like it was loud first, second, third down, every kickoff, like ev- like pump it up. With, the whole like half the state, half the bowl, lower bowl was jumping around mm-hmm. to pump it up. I mean, it it is just gives me chills thinking about it, like because I remember like like I said, I had these group of friends that they they come to a lot of the games, and I try to I bargain tickets to my guys because I always wanted to get as many people as I could to come that wanted to come see me, and like they got tickets. They're all in this area, like right up right to the right of the student section. And like at the end of the game, like you could see like this the people, they're the the seats are like opening up at the top of the bowl because everyone's like shifting down. And I just see my friends and they're like making their way down. And like this is like when the game's in the bag. I like see him. And like you're I'm like, you're coming down right here. Like we're rushing the field. Let's go. Like get down here. I'm like pointing to them. They're like weaving their way through the crowd. Everyone's got their lights on and people were just I'm like I'm like fuck yeah like get the get down here like we're 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 rushing the field let's go like it was the coolest thing and like then like they rushed the field and I'm like stuck in the middle and then like like eight of my friends just turn out of nowhere right next to me we're in there like singing we are the champions they're like lifting me up in the air like like throwing me up in the air like we're singing like we're singing the alma mater and it was just and like people were like they're like dumping beer they're like students are like dumping beer on your face mask and your in your mouth it was <laughs> it, it was so it was like the coolest thing ever it was like it was like the exclamation point on everything that we did for five years like from the hell of the first year it was like 
that was payday. Like that was everything. And it, it was the coolest moment of my life. Like hands down celebrating with your teammates, your best friends on like friends that don't play friends that do play your family. Like it's just hugging your coaches, your parents, like knowing what you did, raising that trophy with like 20,000 people on the field with you. Like it was the coolest thing ever. How much of it was the release of all that stress, all that pressure that it built throughout the season. They're not beating teams bad enough. They're not, you know, they're not this, they're not that. Like it, all these these doubts that had accumulated, even as you guys are winning games by two and three touchdowns, it's not good enough. It's not this, it's not, yeah. you know. And then the Big 12 championship ends like it does. I don't know how much you guys were aware of that like live in the moment because i think you're warming up yeah yeah you were warming up when it happened um how much of that was just the release of all that stress and pressure of you know what we fucking did it everybody doubted us everybody had whatever they they wanted to say about us but we did it i i i do think there's something to say about that and what people didn't really understand was when you were in the spot that we are in, like you are getting like the kitchen sink thrown at you every week. Literally, yeah. Navy Navy told us they like every single week during every single day during camp. It was there's a Cincy period where they would just put in like more. Shit they put in to beat Army to beat to beat the the other academies. They wanted to beat us more than they wanted to beat the Air Force and the Army. The whole week leading up to our gamers them they 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 practice on-site kicks for 20 minutes a day so like that's just just like and not every team took it as serious as them but what it was is that people didn't realize that every single week it's like we're getting everybody's like ultimate best shot like we're their circle game every week so it's so hard to go out there and like please the committee and like do all that shit so like it would like coach Vic knew it like you could feel like that like pressure with like that outside noise was kind of getting in. And we tried our best every week to just like put on them, like block it all out. Let's be us. Let's have fun. We're winning. Let's enjoy winning. Let's not get hung up in all the bullshit. It was hard. Like you try, you try, you try, but you know, some noise gets through. I can't say we were perfect in handling that, but when you're on the sideline, you're like, we win, we go to the playoff. Like, Let's go fucking win. And then when you when you do it, like you do it, you're like, all right. Like, like you said, it's like that release that like the elation of winning goes along with like the relief of not having to put up with all that like negative energy. Uh, that is a good point. You know, we didn't even. Yeah. After wins, he had to remind yeah. you guys. We fucking won. Relax. <laughs> like, it's OK. Yeah. We won. Yeah. Yeah. And every yeah, you time. can tell sometimes Coach Vic, yeah, yeah. At Tulane. He wanted – he wanted – yeah. yeah. He wanted – he'd walk in and he'd be like – he wanted to like – because we ran a very tight ship of like we're going to go do our work. I don't – like it's, some days are going to suck. Tough luck. If you want to win, buckle up. Let's go. And then he's like – it was hard, I could tell it was hard for him because he was like towing the line between like all right, these guys are kind of like not having fun right now. How do I like 
read the room of like versus like keep my heart hard nosed mentality, even though it might not be good right now for the team. Like the team needs to kind of enjoy what we're doing, have fun, not be so caught up in all the bullshit. And I thought he did his best of job as he could with that. And you know, we won, we won all the games, we made it to the playoffs. So, but it was it is hard, and it was hard for everyone, coaches and players. Before we get to the uh, the talk about the playoff game, uh, we did have a question. Uh, favorite clutch play in the AAC championship? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I always like I always loved the Ahmad the Ahmad sack. That was I thought that That's was sick. Like, yeah. That that play always sticks out to me. Um, Alec Alex touchdowns dunking on the guys. You know, I love that. Joel's interception. Oh yeah, I. <laughs> yeah, Joel, Alec Duncan on him and Joel because those guys are like my my day ones right there. Watching them do that, it's just like a special little. You feel a little more for those guys, but I don't. Yeah, it, there's there's like Ahmad, Joel, and Alex touchdowns were probably my favorite most clutch. Joel in the post game presser was simply fantastic. Oh, yeah. What did he say? <laughs> I didn't just, see just it. his his whole look, big shades. <laughs> He, he wore a, the shades. The ski goggles on. Yeah. He wore oh, the yeah. ski goggles into the presser and just sat there like he oh, didn't have them on at all. No, Jerome had the, the Jerome awesome. had Jerome had oh, the okay, ski okay, goggles. That's right. That's right. Joel had the shades. Yeah. The, the aviators. aviators. Like, yeah. Gosh. Yeah, he, I'm gonna see if I, I can. If I would have known it, tweet. If I would have, if I would have known he did that, I would have clowned him so hard for that. I, oh, I actually was, just talked to Joel on the phone before before this. I, I, next time he calls me, I'm gonna give him some. He, uh, hey, you got to give him credit. That dude signed the fastest free agent, like non-draft yeah. free agent deal in the history of the NFL. The draft was like, all right, that's it. Uh, that's it here from uh, Las Vegas. We'll see you next year. And then, and then, 14 <laughs> seconds later, it was like New Joe Blanco signed with the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> I remember I was I was out in OTR. Uh, we just graduated, so we were doing like a little graduation thing. My parents. Like a bunch of my friends, and we've we've had a couple of drinks, and we're out at the drinkery. I don't know if you know where that place is, and like I pops up on my phone, and like all my friends, we all know Joel, and we're all like jumping up and down, like Joel, Joel, yeah, like let's go, like this is awesome. We're like sending them videos of us celebrating. Um, but yeah, that was I was super happy for him. We'll talk about it, Dallas. Um, Dallas. The uh, just kind of the whole experience, taking that in, and and kind of what what your thought and the team's thought was when it was Alabama who popped up at that one spot playing against you guys. Uh, what was the initial feel? What was everything going into it? And then that experience in Dallas itself. Uh, like when we got that, it was like, all right, we're here, and like we embrace the challenge. You know, we're a tough team. We we love. We loved like hard workouts in the off season. Like we loved, we loved getting through hard practices and like standing out on the other side, like knowing that we're better and stronger because of it. So when we see Alabama, we're like, all right, this is, this is the team. This has been the team past what, like, I don't know, like eight years, like let's go. Like, does it, it doesn't get any better than this. Like let's play these guys. Let's go win. And we got a plan. We got the plan in like the coaches were all over it quickly. And we're like, we can do this. Like, this is very doable. We can go win. we believed in ourselves 
we get to Dallas and it was awesome. Like the cotton bowl was amazing. Treated us so well, ate great, rested great, lived great, did a bunch of fun things. You know, it's good to be like rewarded with those things, but you know, everyone was just wanted to go play. Like we want, we practiced in at and stadium the whole week. We're like, let's just get to the game. Like, let's go. Like we want to play these guys. And then we like, we believe in it. We thought, we thought we were going to win. We believed in our in our team and our in our game plan, and we were ready. We we'd been tested on the biggest of stages, and you know we're like, let's go, let's take the next step. And running out, it was so it was awesome. Like that was so like the bear like Bearcat Nation showed up big. It was like fifty thousand Bearcats to fifty thousand. It was. It was not. It was no like. There wasn't more Bama fans. Not one bit. And we no. saw that. We loved it. We were going nuts um, on the sideline, like for the kickoff and stuff like that. And you know, like they're Alabama. You know, they came out, kind of hit us in the mouth with the run game, um, which kind of took us by surprise because you know we weren't really anticipating that. And like, because you know. You know, Tulsa, we knew Tulsa was kind of like that. They're going to come at us that way. But Bama kind of just said, you know, we're Bama. Let's, we're going to go head to head with you. And they did. They kind of beat us up on the ground, which always hurts as a defense. Um, but we, we had plenty of opportunities in that game. You know, like the score doesn't really indicate it, but we had like a touchdown, our opening drive, get batted down at the line of scrimmage. That seemed uh-huh. to happen every single big play that number, Mathis, everyone talked about. Will Anderson and right. that motherfucker Mathis was just, it was like the first time. Like, it, so when I'm on pump block, I run off the field when their defense is coming on and like, I'm like running past these guys. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I felt like a middle schooler. I felt like I was a middle school. I was like, get me off. Worse. Imagine Kevin Muhan, but like, Six four and three hundred pounds, and Muhan <laughs> is a big, big dude. Like he's yeah. yeah, and like that, you know they they were. This was like they were like a little bit bigger, faster, and they they were more physical than the Georgia team we played in the Peach Bowl. So not all a team of Jahims. No, <laughs> they might have been. <laughs> these guys, these guys would have hurt on Jahim a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, we had opportunities. Like, what was it, seventeen six? We get the pick at midfield, in the second yeah. half, and like, there's plenty of times where we're like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go do this, let's go take control, let's go get some momentum. For me, and, it was know, the they, muff punt that you didn't get. Yeah, yeah, those are always tough. But I mean, they're, they're it's Nick Saban, his staff. They're going to be ready. They're going to know how to respond. That's exactly what they did. They kind of stomped you know out what they said? fire. He said, we don't care how good our number one wide receiver is. We're not fucking throwing a sauce either. Yeah, that's true. That is true. No, thanks. That we shows, don't want any part of that. It shows how elite Ahmad is. Even Bama doesn't, doesn't mess with him. Negative Nick, three yards. Yeah, Nick Saban watched the tape and went, nah, fam. Uh-uh. Yeah. Good on <laughs> that's that. not for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We might great. have the Heisman in a, top, in, in, a, in, a, in a top 15 pick, but – we're not throwing his way either. Like, uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to figure out a different way to do it. I, and you know, I, they're like, I felt really good about 
our preparation and how we played in their passing game. You know, that run game is really what killed yeah. us. And right. we weren't really expecting that. Like we just, you know, they just kind of sometimes you just get a little dominated and then you just got to be like, all right. But this thing, there wasn't like a next week. There wasn't, and there wasn't like a next game for me and a lot of the guys. Like that was it. You know, that was your last time playing. And it hurts to lose. It hurts even more to lose on like your last game ever and in like the playoff, you know. Because we all we all felt like we were good enough to win. We 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 knew we belonged. We didn't feel satisfied with just being there. Like we we weren't just like, oh, we're here. Like let's have fun. Like we're here. Let's go win. Like let's go play for a national championship. Let's go beat the guys who stole the game from us last year. So it hurt, and you know it's it was still a great experience. Um, something always remember and something like not just us but like all of you like a lot of generations of Cincinnati people are going to talk about that and remember that and it's it's very special to be a part of that and to know that you like had an impact on something like that so it's something to like hang your hat on you didn't get the the bowl experience the year before you made up for it at that hotel that hotel yeah, yeah, that was, was amazing. That was a cool. That was hotel like a five star, like that was like a five star resort, like on a yeah, on an island somewhere, man. That I don't even know if you, could, yeah, can you even call it a like? It, it was crazy. It was like indoor, like what do you call that? It's like, <laughs> and it's a resort, like, it, like it's yeah. legitimately like a resort you get like on a on a Caribbean island somewhere. I did uh-huh. not expect it. So the. We didn't get down there until uh, the 30th. So on New Year's Eve, it was like, you know, like, let's go. I went with my daughter. We were like, let's go check out the the team hotel and see what it was like. I was like, this place is never ending. She wanted to go. They had that yeah. like, winter wonderland thing. We didn't even go. Walked, I didn't even. Yeah. I feel like I only saw we, like 50% of it. I didn't even. <laughs> we, we kept walking for like an hour like winding through the hotel to go find this, like, you know, they had like a a tubing thing and like some ice skating and like a bunch of games for kids and stuff. But like, it took an hour to get there from the front of the hotel. That's how big that place was. It was unbelievable. And apparently there's like, um, there's like an outdoor water park on the lake that like is closed during the winter that we didn't even get to like, if you look that place up and look at some of the pictures, you're going to be like, I didn't even, like, I didn't yeah. know that existed. Yeah. Like, that wasn't even a crazy. part of the experience we had there. We didn't even know that place was part of it. I know. We didn't even need that, too. Like, what they gave us, like, it was like, I can't even imagine having any more to do. And, like, like the 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 players' lounge, like, oh, it was The media crazy. lounge was ungodly. Yeah, I know. It was it was awesome. They treated us so well. Made up for made up for the no show of the Peach Bowl. Um, I did find that picture, by the way. The Joel. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, he, he is so. He did the whole thing that way. What wrong one? He go. is so goofy yeah, for that. Like that is so funny. That's just Joel. That he'll he'll always do like goofy things like that. I love his straight face too. It's like he's not even like joking around. It's just like 
I'm super so serious. Very serious. <laughs> he just won the American Athletic Conference Championship, and that was his demeanor the whole entire time. He looks like so the Terminator. <laughs> he does. I would break you. He's like Ivan Drago from Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we would call him those things. It was, it was funny. <laughs> So, uh, so even though you guys didn't pull out the win, how cool was draft day and well, draft days, plural, yeah. and and kind of just and then seeing all the the free agent signings afterwards, kind of a, a way to wrap it all up. How it was just, yeah, season didn't end the way we needed it to, but this was a special team, and now everyone's yeah. seeing why. Yeah, and I, you're like super happy for your your teammates, your brothers, you know, guys that you've watched grow because like. None of those, like none of those. Maybe a mod, maybe maybe my J, but even those guys, like they were like when they came in, they weren't ready to be what they were when they got drafted. Like they were molded, and like guys like Alec, who like I like was like one of my best friends, like did school and like lived with for like half of college, and like just seeing like where he's came and like Des and ever just. It just made when you know guys personally and you know like the things they've gone through, and then to know all the special things we did together on the field and seeing them get drafted, it just makes it so much better than like watching like if you're like a fan of a of like a team and like seeing one of your guys get picked. Like it just means so much more. Um, knowing how much like these guys are gonna be set for life and how much they deserve that. And just shows like the development, the culture. I keep saying and culture over and over because it's so important. It's I, I will die by it's what made us win. And like that's a testament to Brady, Coach Fick, all the coaches, like the whole strength staff, like Coach Danny Felino, Zach Higgins, Jeremiah, guys who graduated. I mean, didn't graduate, moved on other teams like Stacchiotti. Like it took so many people, and then watching that give back to nine guys that are going to be like set for life if they if they do things the right way and then i felt like it it just it's great you're super happy for your program and for those guys too how many nfl teams did you have to tell thanks but no thanks like <laughs> i've got a job i can't come <laughs> we were joking I'm around engineer. i'm an engineer now i can't you know i sometimes you gotta you gotta put it behind i know yeah and we were it was funny because like you know, we, we always like to joke around like guys like that I'm like friends with on the team. And they're like, dude, you, you better get training. Like you've been doing a lot of drinking lately. You need to go get ready. Like, you're, gonna, <laughs> like, you're, gonna about, you're about to get a call here on day three. You need to lock it in. And they're like, it, it, it was funny. It was like always the joke, like day three, everyone's like, hey, get ready, bro. Like you need to be locked in on the TV. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, I know. And like, and that even just leads me to just joke about like, just people like ask me like why didn't you do pro day like like people that like know me that like aren't on the team or like or just like people that know who i am they're like why didn't you do pro day man like what do you mean like you're not gonna play in the nfl like what do you mean bro look at me like i'm shorter than you and like (laughs) i played on pump block and kor like i can't make it any clearer to you i'm not playing on in the nfl don't be mad at me because I'm here drinking a beer with you and not training with Joel. All right. Just, <laughs> just let it, let it, let it go. And yeah, it was funny. It was like, why don't you think you're going to play in the NFL? Like, what do you mean? You're not, what do you mean? You're not going to go 
try out for a team. It's like, it's over, man. I'm not playing. Like, I'm not, I'm not playing football anymore. Just let me go be an engineer in my cubicle and make <laughs> and make decent money, but not millions. All right. We'll, we'll call it. <laughs> <a day. laughs> uh, Jason wants to know, could Alec have been a better linebacker than you? No, because they tried him out. He spent three days at linebacker and that was it. Yep, that was it. Almost ruined his career, I have to say. That could have been like <laughs> we know we know Alec, like all like how Alec has just turned into this stud wide receiver. And like that was like mm-hmm. all, that was on like the chopping block, ready to be like Freeman almost future. ruined him. I know. Coach Joker, Joker didn't think he was good. I don't like That's we all Joker knew he was wasn't a around anymore. I know. They said he saw that way out. Alex in the NFL. Joker, Joker's not with us. So that one worked out good for us. But um, yeah, it was. We're like, I remember, I'm like, I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? Like, tell, them, like, like, tell them you don't want to. I was like, I was like, dude, you don't belong here. Dude, tell them you don't want to do this right now. Because, like, he was like, so it was, he was also interrupting. He was interrupting crucial show moments because it would be me, Bolden, <laughs> show me, me, Bolden, and Sponseller, the OGs. We'd be out there, and since they were trying out Alec at Sniper, they told Ty, like, all right, let Alec take some of your reps so we can see what he could do. So then Alec would just be out there messing up the whole mojo. Bro, like, you're ruining this for us. Like, this is our thing, and you're not good at it either. Go back there and be athletic and start. Get out of here. You don't deserve oh, to be man. a three with us. <laughs> let's let's throw – here we go. This is, this is a good one. It's a good one. Your favorite jersey and pants combo. What, what's the Royer mm. special? Well, and you got to throw the helmet in there too, right? Yeah, yeah it's got to yeah. be – It's got. I mean, look, man, black on black on black, nip at night. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I, like I don't know that. that it gets any better than that in all in college football. So I think we have to take that out. Okay, I think we have to say outside of black on black on black. What's your favorite jersey pants helmet combo? I like the black pants, white jersey, red helmet. I like that. So get a little bit of everything involved. Yeah. Wait. Well, what did we? Is that what we wore for the playoff? No, we wore black, white, black, right? Yeah, black, white, black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that one. I like the way that looks. That's what we like. We beat Notre Dame with the white guys. face mask. You have to go the white face mask. Oh one. yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I and I also like the all red. The all red was pretty cool. Like the matte red with like the red red and red jersey, red pants. Yeah. We wore that in the um, the championship. That was cool. I also have um, a I, yeah. Go ahead if you had more on the. I'm just not a like I I don't get into all the the jersey things. I know it's like. I'm just like, just give me my pads and helmets so I can go hit somebody. I don't really care what's <laughs> over top of them. What what did you, what did you think of the TikToks every week announcing it? And then how they got to the point, like everybody, I know you know this, the UC fans have a a dread of the white helmets. Yeah, like they, I know. They it's hate so them passionately from the sugar Is bowl. That yeah, we got ran from in the, the sugar bowl. bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the TikToks. Yeah. Yeah, the TikToks Tell that us. would always tease yeah. the white helmets, and the yeah, that was so like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Kelsey the Squid so Games won the white helmet. Yeah, man. that was the linebacker. Kelsey's amazing. Yeah, she's so talented, and like those TikToks were so sick. 
And like, I didn't even really care. I was like, not even like paying attention to what Jersey was even being released. I was like, this is so cool. Like these edits, these cuts, like this, like I'm not even worried about the Jersey at this point. (laughs) Sauce with the drip coming down with his, yeah, that one. And it like, like so many of them, the, the, the Lenny with Kanye West. Squid Game when they were coming down the stairs. Yeah. Like so many of them were. It was just like they want, she one ups herself every week. Like, all right, I brought it last week. I got to bring it even more this week. Like, I like the Wiley one where he, like, like was, yeah, shaking all over the place and his head was moving. I even know how she does that. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) super cool. But I liked it. And the white helmet thing is so funny. I mean, it's just like that's what fans do, you know. You're always like, because like it's just fun. It's like, yeah, I remember I'm a huge Blue Jackets fan, and when they made the playoffs, first the Lightning, and they swept them. Was I like three years ago now or four years ago? Like I had this outfit on. Like I can't. I gotta wear this, and I wore it for Game (laughs) Two. They won. I wore it for Game Three. They won. Wore it for Game Four. They won. I was like, yeah, like this is my superstition. So I, I think I like it what the fans do. Like. It's funny how it's almost like they – it seems like the fans kind of influence the fact we don't really wear the white helmets. Right. They, they must have – they, they screamed like loud enough. Yeah. I know. Well, the thing <laughs> is, if you actually look over the last, like, five or six years, and a lot of that is because you guys just haven't lost many games, the white helmets are not bad luck. But there is yeah. just this <laughs> feeling amongst the fan base. Stigma. Yeah, the stigma that, like – Did we wear the white Everybody wrote Temple? them off. When we lost um, at Temple, or do we wear black? Because I'm like, if we lost that game, like that would be the, if, if we were wearing the whites, I'd be like, all right, maybe we shouldn't wear the whites again. <laughs> Great question. How mad were you, Temple, celebrating in front of your sidelines? I, well, they, we almost got into a brawl before the game. Because right. we ran through, like we were trying to get out to our warm up, and they were like, it, they were like spread out all by our tunnel. It was like hard for us to not run through their thing. We run through it. They start j- like yapping, like some of our guys start yapping, and like we're like, all right, like, and then coach apparently coach Fick and their coach get into it, and like the before the game, coach Fick comes in. He's like, I wanted to punch that motherfucker right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> And we're all like, like, we're like hyped. We're like, what is he talking about? Like, what, what happened out there? Like, did they, he made it seem like they had to be like separated. And he, we're all like hyped. We're like, all right, let's go. It was a scrappy game. But I was, what I couldn't believe was the refs making us re-kick a live snap oh, yeah. because yep. TV wasn't on. The TV wasn't. It was bad, like, yeah. who cares? We it was live. We put the ball down. You guys made it live. And then we, the refs course, made it live. Miss the next one and then go on to lose. It's just, and then they're so out there, that, out there like this. They had a coach, a coach was like doing this, and I was we doing the Fortnite God. dance, yeah, doing like a Fortnite dance at us. And we wanted to kill him, like, the guy, like <laughs> so, so it's a couple, like a couple of days after that game, we had the we had the Tuesday press conference where we were always down and you know, down there, and, and we're talking to Mets. And Matt was like, I did not like them on our side. <laughs> I did not like Matt's is so funny because he's just so like 
he doesn't say much, and it's so like it's like a kid talking when he talks. And then he said, <laughs> "When we play them next year, I will break them." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, dude, that's great. We did have a yeah, question. We, I, we hated them. We loved beating. We lo- I loved like, beating them the next two years after that. Three years. Is that yeah. two or yeah, three. It was- 19, 20, 21. We yeah. did have a question in the mailbag for you, Ryan. Um, do you agree with Chad that Jack Dingle is an Adonis? <laughs> what is an Adonis? Like a Adonis? Greek god. Like oh, a Greek god. Rock. Yeah. He, so I, uh, I, apparently he... I said it in passing one time in a podcast, and it is stuck. <laughs> and now I don't even remember saying it, but it's now like something that I can't escape. Because I just like when you, he doesn't, it, it was coming from when he came in as an 18 year old, and you're like, 18 year olds don't look like that. Yeah, yeah, he looks like this. He like walks around like right. him and him, him and Jake. They're, I don't know what if you ever, it's such a unique like muscle <laughs> trait, like traps. Like, you don't normally just see a guy with just big ass traps just right. walking around he's, for no reason. It's not like. It's not like he's just in the gym doing like a thousand reps of traps a week. He just has these gig- – both of them. And because Dink- Jake, the older one, isn't nearly as like big as Jack, no. but his traps are like the same size as Jack's. So he's just walking around like a 210-pound safety like this. <laughs> I feel like they, he- make, like they find a reason to just walk around shirtless after practice, right? Just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but dude, the dingles are – they're so funny. Like – if you ever have a chance, you, you need to do a Are you familiar with Spicoli? Interview. Spicoli. Oh, what is that from? Is is it from a – it's Sean Penn, right? From that Fast movie. Times at Ridgemont High. Ridgemont High. Yeah, yeah. They're like Spicoli, yeah. They are Spicoli. So I live with I live with Jacob. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, but Jack is like huge. I still think Joel DeBlanco is probably the biggest Adonis. Like he was – do you, you ever see Joel shirtless in the offseason? Yeah. Like he looked like a statue, a chiseled statue. And granted, because you ever... gotta remember, Joel didn't eat anything other than chicken and rice. He never had a sip of alcohol in his life. He's just imagine the op like he's the opposite of me. Like, <laughs> like that's why <laughs> that's that's why I look the way I look, and he looks the way he looks. I don't I'm not super healthy. I boozed hard as hell in college and he didn't literally didn't do have a single drink and i was like you know i could look like joel it would be nice or i could just keep my shirt on and look like me and the women wouldn't tell a difference (laughs) (laughs) did you ever see the did you ever see him do the thing with the the cases of beer did you ever hear about this no so you know like um bars like he bar backed as you know at oh Holy yeah Grail. yeah grill yeah so when they would break down the the cardboard like cases of bottles of beer right yeah instead of just breaking down folding them and throw them throwing them away he was getting hand exercises in by taking the cardboard and rolling it <laughs> into a like a cylinder God. and the guys at Holy Jeez. Grail are like what the hell are you doing? And how can you do that? How are you strong? And Joel was like, I've been, I've been trying to find something to get my 
hand strength. Up. Uh, I've been trying to this, work on my uh, grip strength so I can yeah. grab people and tackle them. And that was how he got his hand strength workouts in. Was got rolling up cardboard yeah. cases of beer. It was like, what kind of freakazoid human is that? Yeah, because he'd be, we'd we'd be down at the grail and like Joel would just like don't tell the girl work it guys leave me alone no joel would just like hand me like free free beer and i'll be like thanks joel <laughs> <laughs> they're not I a just, sponsor don't worry they're not joel, watching it's okay. <laughs> joel would be like this I'd be like, right. hey joel's gone you, you can't fire him if he already left so. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care trust he's me. new orleans problem now <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, two and a half hours. We gotta. We gotta let Ryan go. We have. We have seized two and a half hours of his second vacation. That, that's why yeah. I don't feel as bad. If you'd only had one vacation. <laughs> well, this is the family right? vacation, right? Yeah. This is the family vacation. So yeah. So we're probably trying to look for. <laughs> we we ate, we ate dinner. We ate dinner. They're downstairs chilling. I'm I'm good. Don't worry. Hey, it's been great. Flew by. I loved uh, getting to meet you, Brent and Aaron. But Chad, it's always great talking to you. You know nothing but love, brother. You know yeah. nothing but love. I, I, I don't discriminate. I love the guys I love on the team, the guys that I'm drawn to and and provide great content. And uh, I'll tell you what. So I don't know if you know this or not, but Brady is the honorary, like, fourth member of this podcast. Uh-huh. So, like, in the offseason, he does almost every other week with us. Oh really? Where things are at, whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's. And then cool. he has to shut it. He has to shut it down during the season, obviously, because I don't want to get him in trouble with Vic. He comes on here and says some yeah. shit that he's not allowed to say <laughs> about an opponent. Yeah. So, standing invitation when the season hits every Monday night, I'll find us a sponsor and get you paid. You come on oh, and be the yeah. fourth member of this podcast to break down games and and what you see. Chat, I would love to. I would love to. Thank you. I need a break from my my engineer friends. I'm going to be dealing with a GE. I'm going to need to talk some ball and not about freaking engines. Ball nuts and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just find a co-host. I love that show. <laughs> I don't know. I can't do that. I I, I love you guys too much. <laughs> I'm serious. We'll, we'll when yeah. we get closer to the season, we'll set this up. I want you on on Monday nights to come on and, and talk football with us. Yeah. I'd love that. It'd be great. You can always get some Let's more go. stories and some more inside Let's scoop. With <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. There we go. I don't know what, I don't know what you guys think. No mailbag tonight. This is it. Like, no, we're at two and a half hours. I don't, we're at two and a half hours. This is as good a podcast as we've ever done. And Royer was phenomenal. The, and, and when you come on on those uh, Monday shows, we'll one of us will will play the fan game live on <laughs> on camera. We we yeah. do we do yeah, have to mention Urban like, Artifact. We do need to mention Urban Artifact. Sorry, Urban Artifact. We didn't have any any. So we have a timestamp sponsor for every new segment that we do. We just had one two and a half hour segment tonight, so we didn't get to do the timestamp. Urban Artifact, <laughs> uh, fruit tart beers. Go visit their Northside Tap Room. Uh, get a flight of four beers. Tell them Bearcat Journal. Get two dollars off and uh, enjoy all the fruit tarts. Seven hundred thousand pounds of fruit a year, Ryan. 
goes into the beer making process at Urban Artifact. <laughs> there's no there's no artificial like fruit seasonings, fruit taste. It's all natural fruit. So make sure you get down to Urban Artifact. Tell them Bearcat Journal sent you. Get two dollars off a flight of four tasters. And guys, Brent, I'll let you knock it out. Ryan, a million times over. Thank you, man. This was oh, everything I've ever wanted it to be. I've talked about having you on for a while now. We tried yeah. to have you on on the draft night podcast. Yeah. Uh, and you went out and had some fun and you couldn't make it. Yeah. This was way better. This was way better. We wouldn't yeah. have had nearly enough time with you on the draft night. All right, good. Hey, I got Enjoy plenty vacation. more stories too, guys. So any other there time you, you want me on before the season, you want a couple laughs, a couple inside track stories, just let me know. I Thank you so much for having me, guys. You guys are the best. Go Bearcats. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. Hey, Thanks, Ryan. Hey, we'll hold you to that. We'll right, get out of here. Well, guys, hey, fantastic one. Special thanks to Urban Artifacts. Special thanks to Danco Transmission. And, of course, huge thank you to Mr. Bearcat himself, Ryan Royer. This was a fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. Sip!